welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 32. Once again with this, Mr. John J. Wolf, and how are you doing tonight, John? Doing fantastic, my fine sir. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. <laughs> After these stupid mic issues, I am ready to record yeah. and get this thing going, because this was a very fun show. GCW's hit him up from the UCC in LA. Um... Yeah, so I was there at this one. I don't know if we, uh, how we want to start this one. Want to just kind of go, me going into it? Uh, let's just yeah. roll with it. Let's have some fun with it. So luckily we did sit uh, right front row, right in the middle of the, well, hard cam was facing our back head. So at least uh, our faces all night long. But we had perfect seats like in the ring. It was like perfectly mm-hmm. right dead, dead in the middle. So that was always a kind of a good start tonight. Because the last time we sat front row at UCC, we sat... Pretty much the same exact spot, except facing the hard cam. So this yeah. one's just opposite. But luckily, we've gotten uh, good seats when we got in front row last couple times. Yeah, when the when the show opened on our side, TV side, it was like boom. You just see this big old cage. That's that's how you saw the UCC was looking beautiful as always. And yeah, that's all you saw this beautiful UCC and then this big ass cage. And that's just how the show started. So. Yeah, lucky you, man. You got to see, you were saying like dead on. So you got to catch like all the poses and everything. Poses, all the spots that they jumped outside to our ring area. It's all right there, right dab in the middle. So uh, we were on our feet moving for most of the night uh, after this cage match. match, Because luckily the cage match kind of kept Juicy Finale and Starboy in the ring for the majority of the time. But yeah, it was a good spot to sit. I, I enjoyed it because, like I said, you're right there in the middle. I don't have to worry about the cor- tur- corner turnbuckles and stuff being in the way. It's just spot on. So definitely have to give thanks to that. And I was thinking the same way, same thing too, that we walked in, I saw the steel cage. I was like, okay. I was kind of, as I was telling you, hoping something big would happen at the end of the night if they're starting off with the cage match because I thought the cage match could either, either start the night or be the main event. But the big thing yeah. that happened at the end did not happen as I was kind of hoping when I saw the cage match up front, but it's all right. Hopefully they'll be there next uh, time that they're in LA. So what were you thinking of? What was it that you were, what was in the back of your head, man? So I knew if at the front, if I, if the cage match was up front, they're going to end with Leo versus Nick Gage. And I was kind of hoping that Nick Gage would win and kind of like, all right, I'm tired of this locker room. I'm champion, champ again. None of you guys could beat me. I need some new blood in here. Then I was really hoping that we, because this was a couple of weeks after uh, Triple Mania, that the GCW crew, when they were out in Mexico, they kind of they attended Triple Mania and attacked one Ijo del Vikingo. Well, I was probably totally butchered that name, but uh, I was kind of hoping Vikingo would kind of make a surprise appearance at the end since it's mm-hmm. in LA, kind of close to the Mex- Mexico area. I don't know when his visa goes into effect, but. With all the timing of everything and with the steel cage match being first, that was kind of like my big, I was praying for at the end to see Vikingo come out. But unfortunately, that did not happen. But I think that's going to be a cool moment whenever he does hopefully show up into a GCW ring now that he has a visa to work. In. And that will lead us into our first match of the evening. It's the steel cage match. Starboy Charlie against Juicy Finale, who was, uh, they end up making this a singles match. I think it was the day prior or the day before i don't remember um jacob atu had a different booking or double booked himself on accident so juicy ends up stepping up to the plate and i uh, i know it's in your notes here too but i i had the same feeling this is kind of a big moment for juicy this is kind of a make or break uh 
big singles match, big steel cage match, kind of. Mm -hmm. I think this is, I don't know how they're going to end this feud. I thought this would be the way to end the feud, but it seems like this feud still might be going on after this match. I don't know because Jacob Fatu wasn't involved with it. That's who Starboy really has the issue with is Jacob Fatu. Juicy kind of got mm -hmm. brought in. And then Toa Leona got brought in last time. So um, Starboy versus Jacob not happening. I kind of have a feeling that this is not the end of it. But this was an incredibly uh, better match than I thought it would be. I thought it was, was going to be good, but Jesus, Mary, and Joseph... Juicy stepped up, man. Like that was crazy. Yeah, I, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I, well, well beyond what I was thinking too. Um, I'm right with you there. I was really surprised this match just started right the fuck off. It didn't even get to the bell. You know, Juicy gets in the ring. Everything's looking good. Charlie starts walking out before Charlie can even get into the ring. Juicy kicks the fucking cage door, hits Starboy with it. Something fierce goes outside the ring, starts beating on him. This was a hot heel opening from Juicy. Yeah, that's something we've been saying. We want to see the more savage side of Juicy, no pun intended, yeah. because we've been wanting that big kind of hoss heel, the person that kind of ruins everything. And Jacob and Juicy have definitely been uh, ruining everything Starboy Charlie's been involved in whenever they cross paths. So, uh, yeah, the the match started off hot. Like I said, I, I thought I would be safe. And then, nope, they didn't even get into the ring for the first couple minutes because then Juicy ends up taking Starboy Charlie and is, like, throwing him and uh, lawn darting him into the cage multiple times right in front of us, too, and stuff like that. Um, that was very cool seeing Juicy the take the advantage and kind of uh, take the first step. And then when they finally do get into the ring, this is kind of the funny part about this uh, whole match of Maya and seeing it live and kind of seeing it as it played out where uh, Juicy gets Starboy Charlie in the ring and then he ends up locking the door, the cage door behind them with the key. But then he throws the key over to the, the opposite side of the entrance, over towards the other tunnel area. And over there up top, on top of like the stage area, they have a giant speaker, like a hole for one big speaker. And to me, it didn't look like he threw it that high because I remember seeing people look down as the key mm -hmm. kind of landed. Well, <laughs> as we find out near the end, the key was nowhere to be found. So that when it gets to the oh. kind of end of the match uh, and the match is over and they're trying to take down the cage, it ends up becoming an issue and a problem. But I thought that was a, just a pretty fun, funny spot to see in the moment because like when he threw the key, I'm like, okay, they have to have a backup key. That's why he threw it. But uh, apparently they did not have a backup key. So <laughs> that kind of made everything at the end uh, pretty interesting in my, uh, from my point of view watching it. So we do finally get to the ring, like you were saying there. The ring bell's finally going off. Juicy was getting heavy boos after that bullshit he pulled on Starboy. But at the same time, Juicy's looking like a beast out there. I absolutely love it. This is everything I was asking for. There were GCW chants going all over the arena. But yeah, it took um, three minutes, and both men are already bleeding all over the place. Back and forth brawl. I real, I really do honestly think with as much as Juicy did in this match, this was Juicy's match more than it was Starboy's match. And I think that Juicy's athleticism, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think his athleticism outshined the babyface sympathy that should have uh, really been the focus of that match. Um, sorry, Starboy, but, you know, that's how it goes. 
I mean, 10 minutes in, Juicy hits this huge superplex on Starboy. 13 minutes in, and then he hits the Juicy drop from the top rope. 14 minutes in, Juicy hits a fucking moonsault. We're talking within four minutes, three high spots for a guy who's easily 450. Oh. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the athleticism, and this was kind of... I, as the match kind of played out, this was more of a match for Juicy than it was for kind of Starboy. I, I, Juicy kind of stole the show for show, stole this match from Starboy away, in my opinion, because I, I, you said Juicy got the booze. I was rooting for Juicy. I, I still always root for him, even though he's going against Starboy and he's now turned heel and stuff like that. I still really enjoy Juicy and I really like the heel version of him too. Um, cause he, he plays it so good as a face of just being everybody's, friendly, lovable teddy bear and helping everybody out and putting smiles on faces. But now with Jacob Atu, we're seeing the different, the savage side of him and I am enjoying it. Um, and this match was a perfect spotlight for that kind of side of Juicy because um, he definitely told a very good story, as you said, of being the heel, being the big monster. Um, but those three moves, those... <laughs> I, I, when he went to the top rope for the suplex at first, I was like, holy shit, because Starboy was all the way out of the ring like out of the cage and pretty much was being held on barely by his head and Starboy's feet were on the outside turnbuckle post. And that was pretty dangerous watching. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then like juicy would have to use a lot of power to get him over the cage and to get him his body straight enough where they could land fine without breaking his neck. And that was a very impressive, uh, superplex from juicy. But then that's enough. A 450-pound man coming from the, that top of the cage landing. I was like, okay, that's enough. But then he goes, as you said, to the top rope two more times, which was pretty crazy watching. Uh, Yeah, he went. He did the – what, he held onto the, the cage and then kind of just like held his body weight over Starboy. Yeah, and then just, the juicy drop. Yeah, yeah, the juicy drop. And then just let go and just splatted right onto Starboy. That, like, I thought Starboy was done after that. But then when he goes back up top and then he goes to the moonsault, that was incredible. Like, he didn't land the moonsault, but just for – he got good rotation on it. As we, we kind of uh -huh. said, he kind of like, looked like another wrestler doing <laughs> doing the moonsault. We, I don't want to say yep, that other yep, wrestler's yep. name. but <laughs> like No, no, no. I got the someone we can compare that to. Because um, another one that doesn't always get full rotation, but was damn good off the top rope at 350 pounds was Vader. Ah, that's uh, who I was thinking. That's the uh -huh. person I was thinking of. Yeah, that's exactly what he looked like. Vader kind of doing the moonsault. Off the, he didn't go off the top of the cage, but off of the top rope with the support of the cage. But just those three giant, that's a giant man taking three giant bumps in short, such a short time where I was like, I was stunned when all that was happening. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. Like juicy's balling out on this match. And I, I am all for this kind of juicy, uh, in the GCW ring. I mean, low ball, you'd put uh Starboy at 150, juicy at 450. That's 600 pounds hitting. You know, and if they're hitting from that top rope, we'll just say that top rope's what the five foot mark. Yeah, yeah. Four and some change. Yeah. So I mean, ooh, it was it was nasty. Um, I'm gonna give them a shit ton of credit for the fact that they had a great storytelling in ring. There was a lot of excellent back and forth. There were points where the face needed to get the shit beat out of him, and he did. He was getting that sympathy. But again, um, any other opponent for Starboy last night or that night would have processed the match differently and probably done it completely differently. And if that was the case, if it was anybody other than Juicy that night, we probably would have been talking more about Starboy tonight than Juicy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask yeah. you, like, how do you think that match would have played out if it would have been in the original booked match of 
Starboy and Janela going against uh, Juicy and Jacob. How do you think that match would have played out in ring? I'm going to hit you with a curveball. I think it would have been a damn shame we would have missed this match. I was well, I did not expect what we got here. Yep. Um, this was a happy mistake, and it only allows us to hopefully come back and revisit the match we should have had originally. Yeah, I just, I was thinking just, just juicy in the ring with Starboy alone. I was like, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of body, like body size in the ring. But then if you add in a Joey Janela and Jacob, I think it would have taken a lot of the pacing away. Um, I don't think we would have had that. I mean, of course, Joey would have come up with some crazy looking spot as well, but I don't think we would have had the coming out party for Juicy as much as it would have been probably for either Jacob or Starboy during this match. So as you said, I'm, it's a kind of a very, a very happy accident because Juicy gets to show out and he definitely did. I, I am super impressed with this match. We've kind of said these last GCW shows, uh, the opener hasn't been kind of as GCW as normal. We It's just been a normal one-on-one mm-hmm. -on -one match, which is fine for the pacings of those cards. But I think this set the tone for the, I know for me, like I did not expect to, that match was incredible. Like I looked down and only like 15 minutes happened. I'm like, holy shit. I still got another like whole show to watch though. Like that match took a lot. Out, like emotion out of me like in a good way because I was so invested in that match and that was the first matchup of the night so I liked kind of going back to the holy shit kind of start of GCW's card because it brought my energy up already to a 10 or 11 instead of being kind of down and kind of building my way up so that's kind of the feeling I like as a fan especially in person watching these shows it was it was fantastic Juicy and Starboy killed it Juicy this was the best Juicy finale I've, ne I've seen of him and this was welcome because our last couple openers, these last few shows have kind of lagged a little in the pace and excitement category of opening matches. But with this one, yeah, I'm satisfied. This was a great job for Juicy, especially for stepping up in this one. Um, again, back to what you were saying there, I really don't think, see, there would have just been a lot less ring and a lot less breathing room, and there would have been a lot more talent in there. So I think Chaotic what would have happened... Well, that's the thing. So we would have had a situation where we have these excellent sprinting racing dogs in a shoebox. They really, these two needed to breathe. And I, if you, okay, no shit. If you would have had two put together for booking purposes, a lot of people would love this one. So I understand it. But, you know, Mark booking would have put Fatu versus, you know, I almost said Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Janela, Janela, Janela. That was a funny one. But yeah, this one this one picked up from the more lagging openers from the last couple ones. And um, <laughs> the uh, did we even announce the winner? No, we have not. Oh no, you want to? Yeah, you want to announce it or Starboy <laughs> right. Charlie does yeah. pick up the victory as he. This was another scary spot too. I was like, because they're looking up at it. It's not like the WWE cage where in the corners there's a nice little five foot platform you could stand on and do it. Like this is the old school cages with. The, the cage going up top over the bar even i think they did a pretty uh they put a barbed wire up top as well and like that's how starboy yeah. kind of got bleed we totally forgot about the barbed wire spot but they didn't go to it other than that um but starboy did have did climb up to the top of the cage and had to balance himself which was frightening just because i'm like i'm standing right there and he was off to my left i'm like oh like i'm just looking down at how far if he falls like i don't know i've kind of gotten like uh skittish when some of these spots i'm like okay what could go wrong what could possibly happen here and 
bad things were going in my mind during this spot, but Starboy went from the very top Jimmy Snooker style, landed on Juicy. I think he did more uh, punishment landing on uh, landing on Juicy to himself than he did to Juicy, but uh, it was a very cool looking spot, and seeing it live in person was very exciting, and Starboy does pick up the victory with that splash off the cage. Um, I just watched another la- or cage match, the WWE one that just happened. Um, nothing compared to this like this was incredible and i think it's just the energy of everything the fans it was well done like i have nothing negative to say about this this was a fantastic cage match i loved it Uh, i mean what well there's not much that could make it better it really just was it just delivered in all aspects the timing was good the pace was fantastic each each competitor had a chance to shine and um yeah, I think there's going to be more to this. And I hope Starboy Charlie has a little more to go after this because where does Starboy go after this? I mean, I'm hoping for like one more match. Like I I'm I've we yeah, I've talked about the bat like this storyline's just kind of dragged on a little bit too long, but I definitely would like to see the a payoff happen. Um but if this was the payoff, let's say for some reason like I am fine with it because it was an incredible cage match. And I liked how like kind of a lot of the outside fuckery was gone. We didn't have Starboy's mm-hmm. mom get involved. We didn't have Oa Leona or Jacob get involved. It was just a straight up cage match with no fuckery. And that was kind of a different pace of how this feud has gone, where they've always been interfering with uh, Starboy Charlie's matches. It was kind of nice to see just a straight up cage match with a clean, yeah. clear winner. And even though Juicy lost, I think he definitely, his stock skyrocketed in my opinion off of this match because that was the best i've seen juicy so um if i remember correctly towards the end of this i think starboy was just going to get over the go over the top and leave and then the fans kind of started booing yep (laughs) i like that i really like that that really made everybody happy in the end that i don't know if that was the way it was supposed to be or if he just you know and see made made a call on that one but i was thinking that that would have been planned but I mean, you can't really plan that. You want yeah, the, yeah. the Starboy's the face. We all want to see him win. So him hopping out of the cage would have been that. That if they would have ended it that way, it would have made complete sense. But I just think of the way that match was going, the, uh, we didn't want to see it end. Like I, we felt yeah, this yeah. way later on when we watched uh, the the Speedball Willie Mack one. That match was another one where like I I just felt the energy around the crowd. Like the fans did not want to see this cage match end because it was had us on our feet pretty much the entire night or the entire match. And it was a great way to start off the night. Uh, so, but, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, no, you, well, no, you. I didn't know if you're going to the next point. I just wanted to say something before your next point. Okay. Go ahead. So before uh, the next point, so as I said, at the end of the match, they take the cage down. Um, and so being in person, I didn't see what you're going to say, but I'll let you say that part, but being there watching them take this cage down, as the key, as they took away the two sides, I was like, okay, you got rid of two sides. What are you guys going to do with that other side? Like, I was stunned there was not an extra key. Like, that just blows oh my mind. So they were all yeah. looking around, and you see, like, Hunter Freeman even come out later with the the not chain breaker. I the, forgot the snips. Yeah, yeah to like try that. to yeah, yep, to try to get the the bolt cutters. They couldn't get it open. Son of a bitch. They, you saw everybody trying to do it. Everybody's looking for the key. It was like they're trying to climb up to the speaker area where they thought the key was. Like it was chaotic. Where like, dude, this is like ten minutes long. Like we got to hurry up here. If we're gonna... <laughs> like I was wondering what was going to happen because they could not get it down. And uh, I think they finally. I think one of the people from Level Up B Boys uh, Wrestling School. I think they finally got the 
got the bolt cutter to finally work and then the crowd erupted again and stuff like that. I think you can kind of <laughs> see it uh, when they when they show the uh, video because uh, it stayed live the whole time they were doing it. They just did uh, as you were going to talk about the little video package off to the side. So it didn't like yeah. all that was up for everyone to see on Fight TV, which I don't think was too good of a look, but it adds to the authenticity of it all, which I kind of like seeing as well. Totally GCW, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah we'll talk about this now i was so excited i was ready to jump in on this (laughs) okay so it is no lie that i have been beating on the doors of gcw for the longest time when it comes to getting some videos or video packages or old matches featured or being shown while there's cleaning going on or why there's a 15 minute intermission or whatever it may be Well, I'm happy to report that there was some fantastic videos that were going on while they were taking down the cage and the the packages looked good. It was a huge upgrade and I have sincere thanks for it because you could tell someone or a team of people put a lot of work into it and it makes GCW just seem that much like just that much more important and it really did matter. So uh, thank you, Brett, because there's another one that uh, we're appreciating what it is and it's an upgrade a beautiful upgrade and it was perfect for a situation just like this where it's like yeah uh we're having issues here with our cleanup but we can't just show the fans us trying to get out of it and they then you leave the announcers kind of up to fill dead air that's no never good usually because they always kind of don't know where to go or what to go where to go to so having Mm -hmm. this video i think was a great way to obviously those videos were planned but i think they they did a second video too. I think they did one, but they realized, oh shit! Like I don't know if maybe they had the second or third. Maybe they do have like a little now a lo- library of videos that they plan on showing on these next couple yeah, of shows. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was like after they finished that second one, it was right at the end they finished the second one when the bolt cutters finally worked. So the timing worked out good. But I was wondering when I was watching it back at home the next night, I was like, I wonder if they got like a third video planned or not because they're this is getting close to where they're gonna run out of time for the second video, but. Luckily, they didn't have to get to it, but it was just funny seeing it all kind of play out in person, but awesome seeing it for the Fight TV crowd of being able to catch up with all, I think they were showing like uh, the Collective, Joey Janela Spring Break Night 1, I think they showed, and then TOS um, from this year. But it was incredible TV packages, as you said, video packages that we've been asking for, so it was kind of nice seeing it. That will lead us into our second matchup of the evening. One I was very much looking forward to as it was announced a couple days prior to the show. Yamato going against Big Breakfast, the clout cutter, Jordan Oliver. And we've been singing Yamato's praises over these last couple uh, matches that he's had in GCW. And of course, me being a giant Jordan fan, seeing these two kind of compete while Yamato is still here in the States was a pleasant sight for me. And I was very excited to see uh, another big name for Jordan to kind of step up his game and have a great match with him. Yeah, it, this was a good one. It wasn't. This was a more Yamato style match again. Like Yamato's kind of seemed to yeah, control yeah. the pacing of all his matches, which I'm fine for because it's played out really good um, over these last couple matches and that he's had. So I'm I'm very happy to see Yamato kind of feel comfortable enough to kind of take control of how the match flow is going to go. What was your thoughts on this match? You know. I actually enjoyed that Oliver was booked on somewhat of an even level with Yamato, um, and he wasn't dominated for being a younger talent. I think that this is excellent training for him if he is trying to get that 
championship at some point off of Cage. There was a spot where Jordan caught Yamato midair and turned it into a sidewalk slam. Freaking impressive. If you have a chance, check that out. And Yamato was healed through this. There was a point where he told Scarlet to shut up and it got massive heat. By the way, Scarlet works everywhere. Kudos to her. Great ref. Yes. I, I enjoy it. Like, we were talking about her during the Japan match with Effie, Effie and um, Kikotaru. How, like, I think she was kind of the star of that match with her facial reactions and how she gets involved with it. And yeah, she's always yeah. involved with Titus Alexander's matches as well. So I, I like watching Scarlet in, in repping the matches because she always keeps control of it, but she also does a very good job of making it entertaining. Again, I'm going to go back to it. Solid experience for Jordan. If anything else, that was what we really, that what he really got out of this more than anything else. Yamato's just solid, man. I can't find many people he won't take a, he'll take, he'll take a shitty wrestler and make him look good. That's what I'm starting to see out of Yamato. Like he's that good. He'll take, Flair could do it too. I'm not saying Yamato is Flair. I'm just saying he is at a point where he can make falling down the steps look graceful. <laughs> I'm you know? getting big time Tony vi- Tony Depp and vibes from him now. With as you said, he he's so good where he can not that he's had to with these matches that he's had, but he can make a bad wrestler look good, as you said. And I I always go to Tony Depp and like whenever we see these people for the first time, usually the first name out of my mind was I want to see him against Tony Depp and see what Tony Depp and brings out of these young competitors that we've never seen before. I thought this was going to be a match because. Uh, a matchup for Jordan that was kind of like a quote unquote tryout match for Dragon Gate. I mm-hmm. heard uh, Alex Cologne on a couple podcasts ago on the World of Deathmatch podcast on the GCW Patreon, where he said like big things were like when they were in Japan, Jordan kind of did. There was some talk around Jordan where the Japanese people, the uh, either the wrestlers, promoters, or the fans out there, they really enjoyed him. And I, Alex kind of let it slip. We're like, yeah, I think something's in the works for Jordan out out here some big things so i was i just kind of put two and two together with this match against yamato as a maybe a tryout match because we see ninja mac going to japan alex zane mm-hmm. dante leon so i was like maybe jordan's gonna try to do a little tour out there and see what he can provide out there and see what happens and what turns it what becomes of his trip out there and maybe dragon gates in his cards in the future and so proud of all of our gcw guys over the last year year and a half that have jumped up and really went out like ninja mac to japan and just lit it the fuck up winning a championship at noah yep still proud of these guys because you know where they came from was just cutting videos in their backyard on their phone or you know and here he is now over on another continent just fucking killing it and you know when he has a chance to come back if he can he's gonna hit up gcw oh yeah for sure yeah uh we will go into the End of this match as Yamato does pick up the victory. This is when they teased this a couple times where I thought Jordan might actually pick up the victory uh, because Yamato kept on going for that Galleria but kept on mm-hmm. not hitting Missing. it. Yes, and then he finally does catch Jordan with the Galleria for the victory and Jordan kind of gets up. Matt, it was weird, right? Even my wife caught this too and I don't know maybe it's just him just playing up he lost and he pointed because it was a big match but jordan gets up and starts like kicking the ropes and he does look kind of uh irritated but even my wife goes like oh it's like is he like playing it off i'm like i don't know like i don't see why he could be frustrated but i'm thinking not like personally like in in real life frustrated. i think like character wise he's like getting frustrated with uh because i've seen him do a couple matches too with nick wayne where they lose and he kind of looks like he's 
maybe gonna do that slight little heel turn where like it's in the back of his mind he's frustrated with losing and with nick wayne he might feel like oh i'm carrying the pack here but you're holding me down so i just wonder if that's going to lead to something uh with jordan oliver's character coming up here in the near future but it was a fun match it was it was good i liked i liked how jordan once again is using different moves as you said that cat the Catching Yamato into the jumping side slam, which something I didn't see before, and we all popped seeing it live because it was like, whoa, mm -hmm. I never saw that one before. So his moveset's just ever evolving, and it's so fun to see him kind of growing still every match. You can see something different in a positive manner that Jordan's providing. And hopefully, I think this was Yamato at the end. Yamato kind of did give Jordan the the handshake, kind of like got out of the ring so Jordan could stay in the ring, but. Um, I think I, when I heard back on commentary, when I watched this live or watched it the next night, not live in person, I think I, they said this Otto's uh, kind of last match for this tour of ECW and, and time in the States. So hopefully uh, we will get to see Amato back. Maybe you get to see Jordan out there in Japan. I, I'm excited to see what's next for both of these competitors. Yeah, there was a certain level of experience and quality that came to the ring with Yamato. So I hope that he comes back for something at some point down the road. Good guy, quality wrestler. Yes. I uh, loved how he also, like, <laughs> playing up the heel route. Uh, one of the normal fans out in L.A. was dressed as a pumpkin, and he's one of the louder ones. Kind of ruins. <laughs> and I loved how Yamato, like, mid-match, just went right to his water bottle, spit the water out of him. He uh, got a little face pop for that, <laughs> for that one, but I didn't want to make mention of that because it was pretty funny seeing him kind of getting irritated and break character for a minute. <laughs> Going, yes. <laughs> yes, I was happy. I was cheering for that spot. Going into our third matchup of the evening, we have All Heart Blake Christian going against Flip Gordon, who I believe was making his GW debut. I'm not a thousand percent on that, but I, if, it ha if he has wrestled for them, I haven't seen it in a long time. So I think this was his debut. And I was actually excited for this matchup. Just stylistically, I was waiting for a very high paced, high flying matchup. With a lot of flippy shit, obviously with Flip Gordon in it and Blake Christian, incredible as well. Um, I definitely got everything I expected during this match. <laughs> what was your thoughts on this match, John? Hmm. How about it was really interesting to see that Flip was definitely going to be playing heel. The crowd did not fucking like him. That's what I noticed right off the bat. He was embracing it. Flip had great athleticism. He has a great look. He has a solid body. No shit. He had Jack Cartwheel vibes. Yes. I don't know if it's his build matched with his athleticism, matched with his height, but I know he's he's taller than uh than Cartwheel, but yeah, that's what it gave me. That's that's my initial thoughts on Flip was what I just told you there, man. Incredible. That's a that's a new matchup I kind of want to see now. That'd be a pretty good one, Flip Gordon. Yeah, they're close enough, but they're also far enough apart that it should be an entertaining match. Yeah, I think Flip Gordon's uh experience would definitely play out more than Jack Cartwheels because Jack Cartwheel, I think he's only three, four years in. So um, he's so young. Yeah. And I, I kind of been a fan of flips since I've really first saw him in ring of honor and seen him in person, quite a few times out here as well, where I kind of, I enjoy watching him in the ring. He's, I think he's super talented in the ring. He could always provide a lot of fun matchups just off the style of wrestling that he provides. So all heart chance. We were finally just hearing nothing but all heart chance. No bullshit. No booze. Something changed in Blake's look, and it took me like five, ten minutes to figure it out. I had to Google Blake's face. It's his mustache. The mustache is gone. I didn't he looks so that. different. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, 
what the fuck is it? Yeah, I had to go look it up online. I went, oh, yep, it's his mustache. I have to go back and check that out now. Check it. It's, it's, it, it definitely gave him a different look. And I will say that this is the second match now where Blake has put his middle finger across the rope. I'm, <laughs> I'm confused by Blake, and I'm confused by what he's doing. Because he's an expert in the gray. If he's going to be good, he needs to be good. If he's going to be bad, he needs to be bad. If he's going to be a stone-cold type that middle fingers everything... He needs to just do it. I see a lot of crotch chops. That's if he's going to do is. all this. Yeah. If he's going to do all this, then fucking balls out and do it. Otherwise, just peppering here and there. Eh. Yeah. He seems to always be riding the fence, but he never gets both feet off of it. And I think this was a perfect opponent for him to kind of get that all heart and get all the cheers and have the crowd fully yeah, behind yeah. him. Because obviously a lot of people don't like Flip Gordon based off some of the stuff he said earlier in the last couple of years. Um, about some stuff that has nothing really wrestling related, but he does get a lot of heat for that. And he got probably the second loudest booze of this night from being in there first and hearing it were like, yeah, I didn't expect that crowd to like that crowd to turn on that much. I thought he would be getting booed kind of like how we booed Blake Christian for a little bit as like kind of like a ironic kind of thing, but no flip was getting like the get out of here, <laughs> out of here booze and get the hell out of our arena. Like that was pretty kind of shocking to see be just because he's going against Blake. And this was kind of like perfect though for him to kind of step up and he should have fully embraced, as you said, go full on face and go even maybe overboard with the facial or the face like mannerisms, the face action, mm -hmm. and stuff like that during the match. Cause I think that would just only get the fans further behind him. And that way he could kind of move forward with his character. As you said, him doing the crotch chops and the sockets and the middle finger, just kind of like where you're going forward. You're, as you said, not going all the way back to Graveheart kind of status, but you're once again, right there in the middle, like as a tweener where, and I don't know, like, I think he's trying to do it to be funny, but it's just not coming off that kind of way to the live crowds, at least. No, the word I'd put is off-putting. It's more off-putting than it is anything because I'm a fan, but when I see this, I'm like, oh, kinda, oh. Okay, this is where it becomes fun. The last time Flip Gordon, let me, re, let me rephrase that. The earliest time I can find that Flip Gordon was in GCW was against Joey Janela in, a, in an extreme match. This was Game Changer Wrestling's new face of war 2017. And what's interesting about this match is that Scott Hall gets involved and hits Flip Gordon with a light tube and interferes in the match. New face of war. I'm going to have to write that one down. Yeah, new I face of war 2017. It's going to be an extreme match between Flip Gordon and Joey Janela. Where was At that? At that time, Flip was in Ring of Honor. Okay, that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, I have to go back and check that. I do not recall that. I remember Scott Hall being in... Maybe not... Eh, let's skip my mind. Let's get to know, though. It's a nice venue, too. You'll like the venue. Okay, nice. Where was it? Um, I don't know. I was just looking at the video. I go, that's oh, a damn sorry. nice venue. Yeah, it has a big old lit sign that says, Make Music. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then they actually have gates for this, which is really different. Under 2017, though, man. This is earlier years. Definitely have to go check that out on Fight TV Plus for my four ninety nine. That yeah. And yeah, for those of you out there still on the fence, I know I, I kind of brought it up. Like I last night they showed Nick Gage Invitational two. The five dollars alone, even if just give the Nick Gage Invitational two a try, 
you're looking for the death match, the violence and all that stuff. That show definitely had it all. And uh, yeah, I was just enjoying watching NGI 2 and it just feels kind of nice to go back and watch now all these shows for for the $4.99 that I'm paying for it. So it's been kind of nice seeing that kind of stuff. And our winner, Blake Christian with the standing Spanish fly into a top rope spring <laughs> springboard 450. Dude, it is hard to say. And I watched him execute this in a matter of four seconds. Quality match, Flip can wrestle, Blake can wrestle. If they wanted to, they could run it back. They were given 17 minutes in this one. If they had to plan it more, which I know they didn't, but I'm saying if they were given the big stage together, these two would light it up for sure. Yeah, I just wondered based off the reaction that uh, Flip got, I wonder if they will bring him back or not because it was it was kind of a toxic, it was a kind of a toxic heat, a go away heat more than a, I don't know, I. I I like, like I said, I like Flip Gordon in-ring stuff. Like, I don't care whatever he says. I, for the most part, whatever, anything happens outside the ring, I, if it's not just super egregious, I could separate it and just ignore it. But I've kind of always liked Flip. Like I said, I've watched, he's kind of in the same boat with me as Leo Rush when I, they, I kind of saw them when they kind of first started. So I've been fans of them for the longest yeah. time. So um, I was happy to see him, but seeing the heat he got, I... I was not taken aback by it, but I just didn't think it would be that that bad. But I would definitely want to see Flip Gordon and Blake uh, run that back another time. That will lead us into our fourth matchup of the evening, which is another match that had to be uh, altered. As Oh, I forgot who Los Macisos were supposed to go against. I think it was SGC. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know there. Uh, Los Macisos, though, defending the GCW Tag Team Titles against SoCal wrestlers, the Wolf Zaddies, Bad Dude Tito, and Shay Cabrera. And i never seen Shay Cabrera, which is kind of shocking to me because he looks so familiar, but mm-hmm. I cannot remember where I've seen him before. Or maybe I'd never seen him before, but he was actually kind of the more impressive ones for me in this match because uh, he actually kind of stepped it up big time for where I think he was based off of experience and card status kind of stuff where mm-hmm. him getting a tag title match. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. But the Wolf Zaddies are pretty, they were pretty over out in uh, LA. I was sitting here hearing Wolf Zaddy chance for quite a bit of this match. So seeing them kind of get this opportunity was nice because it was once like juicy, another step up in competition and Shea Cabrera and Badu Tito definitely looked really good. I've seen Badu Tito, Bad Dude Tito a couple times and this was he gets he's like one that improves every time I see him as well in this match uh it was not as clean and smooth as I think it would be I think a lot of it was called on the fly which is fine but the violence and the kind of chaoticness of this match did make it fun where it wasn't a clean smooth technical matchup it kind of did get chaotic but it felt in its right place at, in during this match I don't know how to explain it I get it um Okay, I was kind of just thrown off by the fact that they came out to Green Jello's Three Little Pigs song. Um, you have to be around 40 years old or so to remember Green Jelly or Green Jello. They had a song called The Three Little Pigs. Holy shit, B. Never. You know what? I'll, I'll talk for a minute. List. No, 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 no. I'll talk for a minute. Feel free to go over on YouTube for a second and look up The Three Little Pigs by... It's either going to be Green Jello or Green Jelly because... They were listed as Green Jello, and they got sued by the Jello company. So they are Green Jelly, the three little pigs. If you see it, you'll probably know it. 
it's deep in the recesses of your mind. It was actually really awesome for like one summer a long time ago. So yeah, the um the Wolf's Daddies came out to that, and that was a welcome little opening for me. I ended up chuckling just a little bit. I was happy that there was wrestling action going to the outside early. You're right, the Zaddies were getting heavy fucking booze. There was a point where Tito superplexed Miedo onto a bunch of chairs and it just looked nasty. The fans were heavily invested with the uh, GCW chants, and you could really tell. Doors and chairs were being broken all over the place. This was really, again, another quality match. I think I may have seen the Wolf Zaddies one time a long time ago, but I'm not 100% sure. But um, I see why they're popular, not only in their home territory, but I'm sure they're popular in other places too. But yeah, these Zaddies, I'm, I don't get the fucking name, but I'll, I'd like to see them again. So there I, we go. I was thinking the same thing. Their person, I, what they were chanting, I'm like, are they saying the Wolf Baddies? Like, I, didn't, I never heard them announced as Wolf Baddies before either. So like, I didn't really understand it until I got home and I kind of heard it more like clearly through the, how it, I heard it more clearly through the TV than I did in person. That's for sure. Cause I didn't, it sounded like they were saying Zaddies, but it didn't make sense. But I was like, okay, so it can't be Zaddies. Maybe the Wolf Baddies, like Bad Dude Tito. That's where I was going with, with my thinking on that. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it. This was my first time seeing Los Macisos live too. So obviously I was super jacked and excited for this one. I wanted to buy some Los Macisos merch. Unfortunately, they didn't, weren't selling any there. So uh had to buy some different merch instead, which I'm actually very happy for them. Because the, the shirt they sold in, sold in Japan, which was kind of nice being able to get it here out in the States. But um, yeah, I, it was good and entertaining. I wish it would have got a little bit more Los Macisos, Lucha Extreme kind of style. But for just being able to see Los Macisos and the energy and the craziness that they bring to the ring, it's 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 like contagious. Like they just bring a different energy where it's like it's gets so excited and gets I get so into the matches and I don't know they were entertaining and the Wolf Saddies were a perfect uh kind of foil for them to go against during this match. And I think like I said, Bad Tito, that was the best I've seen him. I've seen him before many times and this yeah, was the yeah. one of the better matches I've seen him have. And Jacob Brera, I definitely want to see how they t team up again because I never seen them uh team up before until this night. And our winners, Los Macisos with the five star frog splash on Che Cabrera. I'm going to stop right here and say that we have talked about announcing and commentary before. I was talking in the last episode about how I'd like to hear more enthusiasm. Now, our episode didn't come out, obviously, until way after this show came out. But I want to say just as much as I harp on things. See, I've done this now. I think every episode I've been corrected or something has been changed that have made me say thank you because we've I don't know. But. I was noticing in on commentary here, Jordan Castle was adding some excitement to the match with his enthusiasm, and we exactly that was exactly what we needed. Also, I was no, noticing that Prezak was more animated than usual, and I appreciated that too. I hope that stays because that has uh, that does have a positive effect on the show, and it really did matter to a point to where I wanted to mention it in our show how much it does matter to have that enthusiasm. So it was nice to see. Yeah, here. it was nice to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice yeah, to hear. Yeah. No, I I feel the same way with Jordan Castle. I I think just kind of like Veda Scott, like a lot of these ring announcers or ring announcers, the uh, commentary teams, like I think they are really good. It just doesn't fit the GCW vibe. Jordan, I kind of seen him kind of 
through the GCW lens and through LA fights and um, some of the other stuff he's done as he kind of fills in here and there for GCW. I never, he's super smart, intelligent, got the background knowledge, especially for these LA fights. Like he is the perfect commentator for LA fights. I can't think of his better commentator than him. I just wish they would kind of pick someone else that would have that same knowledge that um, he has for the SoCal wrestling scene. I, I'm still the, I, it's just a different energy for GCW. I, I love how he's still at least knowledgeable, knows the wrestlers and doesn't say anything stupid. At least like I've heard a couple of times where <laughs> I was like, really, do you even watch the GCW? It could be a mistake too. It's like very easy to say this from watching it at home, but like, sometimes I'm just like, why does this get, person get put on where it doesn't even seem like they're informed of what's going on with what's I'm watching where Jordan's absolutely involved, very informative very knowledgeable of what's going on for GCW right now. And as you said, this one, I have noticed he does kind of like spike for, for me where it's like, Oh, I loved it. That's the energy. But then he kind of goes back down and then goes back up, goes back down, which is fine. It's better than kind of what a lot of these other commentators that I've, I've heard fill in for um, the commentating team. That's usually there. I think Jordan, I think with growth, maybe he'll start picking up the energy and he'll kind of fit right into where we kind of expect him to be. But as you said, it was nice hearing the energy levels get picked up by both him and Prezek. And that will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening. And in my opinion, and I from <laughs> the people that were sitting around me, this was the match of the night. Speedball Mike Bailey going against, and this one I am a sh found out for sure. I did my research on this one. A debuting Willie Mack in GCW. I've seen Willie hey. Mack. Was that? I'm sorry. No kidding. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That was that's another one. Like I think I've seen him before. That I saw him like on um one of the collective shows. I think it was like for the culture. They did the gray sweatpants. I thought I saw him there, but obviously I did not. But this is his first GCW uh, official match from what I looked up on Cage Match. Um. And I've seen him a lot. I think you have too, but out here local, we see him out here in the local uh, promotions. Um, I've seen him quite a bit of times where I was like, oh, I wonder how he would fit in with GCW. He's he's excited in the ring. It's it's totally off, not off-putting, but ca catches me off guard every time a man of his size doing the moves and how fluid and solid he is in the ring doing these moves because they're more, he has more of a high, high, uh, High speed, fast paced kind of a stylistic moveset and going against speedballs like this is going to be kind of a pretty good matchup for him to display all that stuff. But he was probably the most other than Nick Gage. He was the most over person there was that night. That crowd oh, was yeah. all for Willie Mack. And based off of this performance, I we're going to see. Well, I know they did announce him for another GCW show, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him because he's always one of these wrestlers we see and all these other promotions just never really gets up to the quote-unquote big leagues but i'm fine seeing that because now we get to see him wrestle in all these kind of different dream matches through all these other different companies that he's working with which is always nice seeing uh what was your thoughts on speedball versus Willie? okay so it came across the tv just the same i was really surprised how over willie was in la i like it yeah. i love it um watching this match about three quarters of the way through he gave them what they were cheering for, and he also solidified why they were cheering. Speedball had no mouthpiece in, and I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but I always love the whole uh, the whole mouthpiece thing. But yeah, if you get a chance, he always wrestles with a, a mouthpiece. So 
who knows what happened there happy uh happy endings happy beginnings handshakes started this whole thing the um the crowd into they were kind of both geez i'm turning my words around uh the crowd was equally into both men i i actually did turn that around pretty good <laughs> but um you would almost it seemed even on tv it's it seems like the crowd went up to another level yes like if they were in third gear now we just kicked up into fourth and it was a noticeable difference i think the limit the minute willie max music hit is i think when the crowd went oh yeah i guess i guess we can be this loud and then just let her rip for the rest of the night because yeah there was no turning back after after the crowd reached that level it seemed to me like the excitement just kicked up a notch i haven't told my wife like as this match was happening like this feels like one of the like i've for the five or six shows i've been to ucc this was probably my the crowd energy was this was the highest i've seen it even during mineral suzuki and nick gage crowd was not like this i think the only time i felt the crowd like this was my prior match up until this one, I think they're kind of 1A, 1B, SGC against the Briscoes. That match huh. was incredible. The, it was everywhere, chaos everywhere, and the crowd was loving every single second of that match. Where I left that match, like that was, a, that was the best tag team match I've seen in person in my life because it was just the crowd energy, the action, and this match was like, I turned around my wife, I was like, this is the loudest it's been since SGC and Briscoe's, and she was like, it's pretty loud in here, and it was it was intense, it was crazy seeing <laughs> Willie Mack getting that kind of love, like, I don't know, like, to me, it just, it, I didn't expect it to be that big, that, that much of a crowd reaction. Yeah, I can't disagree. The other thing that I was going to say was my notes were a little light here, because this wasn't a this wasn't a huge high spot match this was really a lot of strikes kicks and punches that's what i was seeing here this was like two men standing up in mma and just agreeing to kick the shit out of each other while standing that's really what i was noticing in this um there were a couple things i do want to note that i do want to note here there was a spot where mac presses bailey while he's on his shoulders i mean he goes all the way down down near where it's butts touching the ground and then picks him all the way up then slams him down and why mac is on the ground almost in one motion he does the kip up to his feet and that's when i wrote incredible leg strength on this guy there was quite a few spots i'm sure he did on purpose where they were stone cold's moves i don't know how many people picked up on those but uh yeah in the you crowd probably we picked, picked up on yeah right? in the crowd it was yeah. picked up and like everybody's loving it too like when he first hit the the Luthes press and hit the punches. The crowd went pretty ballistic mm -hmm. at that time. And then when when he goes for the stunner near the end, which <laughs> the crowd totally popped for that one. Yeah, but these guys are working hard, man. Um, just again, it was a lot of strikes and shit. I don't know what else to say, honestly, because it was just somebody has to go see that. I've never had so few words for an almost twenty minute match. It was just done so well that this was about storytelling and i can't just go you know strike strike rest punch kick strike rest punch you have to go see the story be told because they told a good one yeah and see all the matches i've seen with uh willie mack i never really seen him go outside the ring as much as he did this night because like yeah. most of the time he's in the more traditional count out uh wrestling matches where you have the 10 or 20 count or whatever where this one obviously gcw they for the most part, don't use that kind of uh, counts outside the ring. So I think he was, you 
see him like very much just get into it, enjoying the moment. I think it even caught him off guard how much the crowd mm-hmm. was behind him. But we always talk about like what is we like to kind of see in Mike Bailey as a heel. And this was a perfect showcase match for him to compete as a heel um, against Willie Mack. And now I'm talking this out, I don't know if I haven't watched much Impact Wrestling, but I wonder if they ever had a match on Impact because they both they were there or are there and still like, I don't know if they've ever had a match together because the, the chemistry these two had to play, Mike played the perfect heel, Willie Mack played perfectly into the crowd energy and they timed it perfectly to give the crowd what they want. Right at the time we're about to like increase our booze for Mike Bailey. It's like just it was such a good match. Like once again, for the 499 of Fight TV, go check out NGI2 and then please check out this match on Hit 'em Up because it was fantastic to watch. It was like just being there. Like I, we did not want the every two count. I'm like, no, 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 please don't be the ending. And thank God it wasn't, because there was a lot of false finishes of, which I think added to the excitement of this match. And Willie Mack definitely I <laughs> we have to see him back ASAP and I think we are I forgot what show he's was announced for but I think he hit found like a new little home for him because I've never seen him get that big of a pop he he always puts on decent matches like I've taken one of my other friends who's not really into wrestling at all anymore but I've taken him to a couple local shows and he's seen Willie Mack he's like when Willie Mack does the standing moonsault onto the competitor, he's like, holy shit, he can move like that? It's like, yeah, Willie Mack is a very, very good wrestler, like, in the ring. So with his energy, his, I think it's the smile, too, his enthusiastic smile is, like, just so contagious to everybody. But it's a good vibe. Yeah, I, this was, <laughs> match of the night for me, this was by far the coolest, the coolest feeling of the night, just because that crowd energy was so high. And I, I, I like seeing good people like Willie Mack put in all these hard work. And then when they get a giant pop like that, I, I feel it's kind of nice to see them get the respect that they probably have been working for this entire time. And he's probably got louder pops before. But for me in person, that was the loudest I've ever seen him over with the crowd. Real wrestling. <laughs> That's it. Just real wrestling. Yeah. I yeah, it was just fun. Uh, Speedball does pick up the victory as he hits the drop zone on Willie Mack. Um, for the victory, but hopefully we definitely see these competitors come back too. And as you, I saw in your notes, I don't know if you're about to get to it or not, but yeah, after that match ended, the whole crowd just the whole front row all around the ring just ran right to the ring. Like I didn't even bother. Like yes. I, I, I ran up there just instinctually <laughs> just to give the hit the mat because I just need to get the energy out for myself because I was just so amped for this match because the crowd was so into it and it was awesome, awesome match. And that will lead us into our sixth match of the evening as we have a women's match. Allie Catch going against Taya Valkyrie. And it was a uh, it was fun seeing Taya in a GCW ring. I I that's a that's one of these names when we kind of talk about like we would like to see Allie Catch compete against. This was one of the competitors that I always kind of had in the back of my mind was Taya. And um it was funny. I'll I'll go before we uh, I'll, I'll go over the spot. I'll cut you off because I see it there. Uh, I'll cut you off on the, one of the spots that is pretty funny for me and my wife because <laughs> we had a little funny uh, interaction during this match. Okay, so it was really cool to see a different side of Alley Catch. We had Alley Bat. It was really nice to see the old Alley Bat. And for me, I love Taya Valkyrie. I think she's fantastic. Anytime I get to see her in a ring is just a blessing. I really do wish she was a GCW regular. However, I also know that she has um, other engagements elsewhere. So anytime we can see her is fantastic. 
there were two fantastic spots I wanted to mention. The first one where was uh, where Allie gets a dollar bill stapled to her head. Then she gets up and two white claws were, uh, were kind of kissed up against her head also. And it took maybe less than a minute. And then Taya gets a dollar bill stapled into her forehead. But um, I really didn't expect a hardcore match here. And, and we got a little one. Yeah, and see that uh that's where I kinda wanna talk. So we always talk I always talk about when me and my wife go to these shows that she's always the brave one and we'll sit there and just get awesome video video of everything or awesome pictures and I'm the one running out of the harm's way trying to keep myself safe and her, but she just wants to enjoy the action and so uh, this was the match started and actually like as soon as that speedball match ended, I had to go use that restroom like immediately. So luckily I ran to the restroom and so she uh she got something to eat and then we got back right when this match just started and like I get out of the restroom and she's already sitting down in the chair. She didn't wait for me and <laughs> I look over. I'm like, okay, I don't see anybody. So I look and I see that she's sitting down and the action is right literally in my seat where I should have <laughs> been sitting. So that's where Allie Catch was sitting uh, when she was getting the the dollar bill oh, stapled cool. in her head. But it's funny you just see my wife sitting there just enjoying the match. Like, so oh, the action's right by me. I'm not needed to move. I don't care if you chop me. Like, I'm standing right here. This is fun. I'm enjoying everything right in front of me. And like, you see her. They they staple Allie Catch's face. And she's like, oh, like it's it was very cool seeing her get it into it when I'm not sitting there right next to her because you know, like maybe sometimes she's getting into it just because I'm into it and she's just trying to enjoy the show. It was very nice seeing her enjoy the show without me being right there next to her for it. So um, I thought that was just kind of a cool little thing to see someone else see the action through someone else's eyes where I don't usually see that. So I was thinking here that maybe it's time for Allie to get a dark gimmick and stick with it because I think it would work for her. I think it might be time to change it up to where she adds another dimension to herself and her character. And um I don't know. I don't know what else to do with her. I think something like that would be a refreshing step in 2023. Yeah, I we need something, I think. And I think she's also willing yeah. to always change. She's gone from Allie, what was her first name? Allie Way. Oh, it's all over. Allie all Cats. Over. She's had Allie so many Cats. names. She's like the devil. <laughs> she goes by many names. So, obviously, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I would like to see something different. I think it's time for her to get either new competitors or change up the gimmick a little bit or change up change up something and Ali Bat was kind of a nice uh nice little turn. It was kind of nice too seeing throughout the crowd some a lot of these uh fans were dressed up as wrestlers. Like I saw like a someone dressed as Vince McMahon, like wearing the hood do rag and the all black. I saw someone dressed as the Undertaker. So so that was just real fast because she was dressed as Ali Bat. It was kinda of nice seeing the fans get uh excited for this was the night before or two nights before Halloween. So getting into the Halloween spirit and uh, dressing up. But I did like seeing a different version of Allie. I never seen Allie bat before. So this was a new one for, for me. I never seen the bat version of Allie catch. So um, it was a good match. I It was kind of exactly how I thought it would be. Get a, uh, would get a little bit hardcore, extreme, got a little action outside. I would really like to see them kind of have a great match inside without any of the fuckery, but they both are very good with the fuckery too. I would just kind of like to see them, if they do run it back, maybe the next time stay in the ring and show everybody what they're all about. Um, but yeah, the ending gets a little weird here, and this is where I uh. totally didn't... I get it, but I think it's a waste of time for Taya to be... Uh, be involved in this kind of thing because it took away from the match obviously 
Okay, so yeah, there was a spot here where it was like the movie Seven, if anybody had ever seen that from back in the day. So some weird guy comes out and he offers this box to Allie and he almost looks like he's taped to the box, which he's not. And there is some tape across his mouth. So she kind of takes it off of his mouth, the tape, and then he goes, ah, please take the box, please take the box. So she eventually takes it. She stands up. She uh, looks inside and it has like this bloody looking shirt. She kind of holds it up and then puts it off to the side and lets it fall on the ground because it was gross. And then there's a letter in there and she reads it, but we don't really get to know what it says. And from there, Allie just has this awkward reaction. And she runs out of the ring and out the front door of the building. So basically, we had a count out. We had no other choice but to do as such. So this match ended as a no contest. And I'm with you here. I didn't I see do that like on the, the story. <laughs> But yeah, I wish this wasn't during a tie-in match and I don't want to be the complainer. It's just, she's so awesome. You're having someone who's so hardcore and so amazing in, you know, do it, do it during, you know, a regular, like Masha is a regular. You could do it during one of her matches, but otherwise I appreciate the storytelling. I appreciate what is being done here. Again, I boohooed about having stories. We have a story now. Thank you so much. I hope that something good does develop from it. And um, I hope we see Taya back here really soon. Yeah, sorry for that. I didn't see that part in your notes. I uh, I saw no. the I saw the description of what was happening. I didn't see your thing at the bottom. But I I'm the exact same way. Like I just why do it during like I don't know if this was Taya's debut. I don't think it was, but like, no. but why do it during her match? Like it, you brought her in. It's a special. It's in L.A. It's going to be a special match, and to have it just. Um, come to a complete stop for something. I don't know. I, I agree with you. It should have been it, done. Maybe it has to do with Taya. Could maybe be. that could be Taya pulling shit because, you know, we don't know how the story ends just yet. So, yeah, that could be Taya. It could be that rat She could bastard. be working. She could be working. He could be working with Mason. She could, Her and Mason could be working together. And, and I didn't even notice it. So, three. I noticed this the, day, next, the next day, I think it was, that three hours prior to the start of Hit Him Up, Charles Mason, <laughs> Charles Mason sent out a tweet. I think he said like, I, I think, I don't know if he said Ali by name, but he said something like, I'm watching. And I think like, it was kind of like cool foretelling. Like if I would have known this before, then I might've had a different opinion on it and stuff. But even now knowing it afterwards, it just didn't make sense to do it during a tie of Valkyrie match with Ali catch. But uh, yeah, I think this has something to do with Charles Mason attacking Ali catch during the Jordan uh, the team Bussy, Nick Wayne, and Jordan Oliver mat- tag team match, and obviously, I think did I forgot who Charles Mason attacked in JCW? Was Alley Catch again, where Effie came out for the save, or I remember seeing Effie in some point. Okay, so I know for sure that um, oh, I can't think of her name, the Australian girl that comes out with the guy who's dressed as a dirt biker, Ever- Charlie Evans, and uh, yeah, Charlie Evans was attacked twice. I do know that. Alley Catch was attacked once, and that's as far as my memory goes. And I'm surprised I remembered that. Right? Much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's on. I think that's the yeah. JCW show we didn't uh, cover either. It's on uh, happened during that, yeah. probably. But I, I don't know. Like, I can't even really say much during the match, other than it kind of got crazy outside. But then that just totally ruined it for me. That ending. So hopefully, we get them uh, to run it back here without any craziness and taken away from the moment. Because I thought I thought that would have been a kind of a nice little. Another big name for Ali Cash to showcase that she could 
hold her own in the ring and not have to get extreme and violent for um to win. I thought this would have been a cool way to just show her technical ability against Taya because obviously Taya is a big name in just wrestling in general, not women's wrestling, but she's very decorated and works with a lot of companies. So I thought this was would have been a cool showcase for Alley Catch, but unfortunately something's going on and we will have to figure out to win. For our seventh matchup of the evening, the LA crowd gets what they always clamor for. A death match between NGI entrant Hunter Freeman and a different boy himself in Jimmy Lloyd. And I was excited to kind of just see another step up with Hunter Freeman's uh, kind of death match run that he's kind of been on lately. I like seeing him getting the Alex clone. I thought even then was a little too early to be going against Alex clone at that time. I thought this would have been a nice little progression of Jimmy Lloyd, some other like lower name deathmatch wrestlers to get up to Alex clone. But I think that match with Alex kind of Alex clone did kind of cement his NGI status from that match itself. So I just wanted to see a, how Hunter Freeman would step up with a pretty big name in the deathmatch scene in Jimmy Lloyd. And I was looking actually for Jimmy Lloyd to see if he's looking more like his normal self and, Kind of like how he's been these last couple shows where it seemed like he was off of shows for a little bit. And then the ones he was on, he was only used like scramble matches for two or three minutes here and there. So um, mm-hmm. that him getting this little showcase death match against Hunter Freeman, I was excited to see Jimmy Lloyd uh, at his hopefully 100% full health. And this match was a pretty fun one. So I love these two. Not going to lie. I, I'm not going to cheer against Freeman. And it's hard to cheer against Jimmy in any reason, unless either of them's trying to be a blatant heel. Hard to do. I'm going to say it now. Don't discount Hunter for maybe being an extreme title holder down the road. And just quote me on it now. It may be, it might be six months. It might be a year, year and a half. But I have a feeling that if he keeps showing up and doing his job as he keeps doing, there, there's going to be something in it for him down the road. Again, the height, the length, the fact that he looks good when he's bleeding on the face. He has the smile and the blood gets all in the teeth and shit. I mean, <laughs> he's he's got the look bleeder. down really well. Yeah, man. He's a good bleeder. He's got the, you know, the face makes it look real good. So here we go with our death match rundown. So minute one, there was the bucket of gusset plates. No shit. A, an entire bucket of gusset plates. Hunter was the first to get gusseted. Then, yeah, I made up a new word, (laughs) gusseted. Then Jimmy gets one in his head and then one in his arm. Thumbtacks were also in this bucket. I I realized I started to love the bucket. Both were bleeding. Jimmy then goes into thumbtacks. Minute two, barbed wire introduced to Hunter's head and mouth. Like it was ripping into his mouth. We had Jimmy fucking Lloyd chance. There was a chair to Jimmy's head three fucking times like he was getting hammered both of them either way um minute three hunter did this fantastic tope he looks great bloody he was setting up this barbed wire door that was on a bunch of chairs and freeman thrown from the ring onto the floor through that barbed wire door with the chairs minute five this motherfucker's country tough i'm gonna say that i have no other way to put it i'll probably message him and say hey look i called you country tough take it if you want to but jimmy put hunter through another barbed wire door and that door didn't break so then of course he gets picked up and gets put through that door again and eventually that door breaks the second time right around minute six or seven there was a lot of setup uh minute seven eventually lloyd gets put through a barbed wire door with a power slam 
And right after that power slam through a door, that's where we get Hunter Freeman as our winner with a quick roll-up. Wow. Um, yeah, I think this was almost one of these situations where they told Jimmy, hey, go out there and see if he's worth a shit in this arena. And he's like in Mortal Kombat, if you're playing single player, like Jimmy Lloyd's one of the bosses and you got to go through him to get up that mountain and keep going. And yeah, Jimmy Lloyd's just another one of those that he's a must if you're going to be in the deathmatch scene in GCW. Yeah, I right there with you. A thousand percent agree. Like, I don't like to say the gatekeeper because I think it kind of has in kind of like combat sports, a kind of negative connotation to it. Where like, oh, like it's someone that's out of their prime and now they're holding on to their career. And if you could beat them, then you belong with us or whatever. Well, I yeah, always think yeah. they're kind of like the, the uh, opposite. They're not on their way down. They're like at the top of their game. And if you could hold their own with them, and you, as you said, get the stamp of approval from a Tony Deppin or a Jimmy Lloyd in this death match. That's the stamp of approval you need to go along further in your career and stay with the company and stuff like that. So I kind of like Jimmy Lloyd being the gatekeeper of... Um, uh, the death match, especially with this match against Hunter, I, I had this exact same feeling where this was one of these matches like, hey, Hunter, go prove that you got NGI coming up here. Let's get some momentum behind you. You're going to go out there against Jimmy Loy. Like, you're going to get the victory, but you're going to have to prove if you can put on a great match and hold your own with Jimmy Loy, then you've proven to the fans that you belong in NGI. And Hunter always seems to step up to the plate. Like, him's match against Mance Warner was... <laughs> I wish I was there to see that one because that was incredible. This one was... Pretty much the match out front was in the front row where they said that table spot was and all that was right where I was sitting. My wife uh, knew that this was a death match. So actually, she went to the back to kind of check out the merches and see if uh, she was checking out there for me for Los Macisos if they would show up. For merch. Mm-hmm. But uh, during this death match, so she stepped away her chair. I showed her a picture of her chair after Jimmy Lloyd and Hunter Freeman were all outside. And there was just blood everywhere after those door spots and all the barbed wire. I took a big old a pic- picture of her chair and her chair is just covered in drip drops of blood everywhere. And she's like, all right, well, I'll see you at the end of this show. She's not coming back to the, the chair, but she ended up just coming back to kind of tell me something. But it was funny. Like the, the person next to me is like, Oh, here. And like took a napkin and wiped down her seat for her and stuff like that. So that is a very cool LA crowd there. Those kind of people, yeah. which makes that yeah. way more fun. Cause like, he didn't have to do that, but he saw that like, I had nothing to wipe her seat down and he thought she was coming back. And, did a very nice thing for her, so I was appreciative of that. But that picture, I have to send it to you here. It's like it's pretty funny. Just I took a picture of all the blood around me and stuff like that because it was just bloody outside. And um, that's I think Hunter is perfectly suitable, as you said, for an extreme title, even a little run. Mm-hmm. I kind of view Hunter not as over as Cole, but kind of like what Cole's gone through this year for the East on the East Coast, where he had the one crazy match on the East Coast, the crowd loved him. And now he's kind of like AC's favorite child for the death matches. Um, where I see after Hunter's performances with uh, Vance Warner and Rob shit, the LA crowds kind of turned turn up for him and seeing him kind of perform at a high level because he's been killing it. So not to the degree that it elevated Cole's career, but I'm hoping that this NGI will help elevate Hunter Freeman's status in the death match scene possibly for next year as they elevated Cole. Cause I think Cole with his TOS run this year on top of everything else with the extreme title, like that one match made him an AC where I think these matches for Hunter Freeman and the UCC is excellent for him. I actually kind of would like to see him pick up a little surprise victory in the NGI. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they announced uh, who's going against who yet with the nine person field, but I 
would like to see him kind of pick up a little sneaky surprise victory as kind of a little underdog role in this tournament because I always kind of look for the underdogs a surprise victory in the tournaments that nobody would see coming. I think that would be pretty exciting to see him do that this year. And I'm with you. Um, even though it's early in his career, I think it would be okay for him to at least show up to this NGI now that we're looking at who's at the NGI this year. And I just, I don't have anything bad to say. Hunter put that NGI in the air. I agree with him. Um, where else should he go at this point? He's having quality matches. And if he got the same lineup of opponents in the type of push that Raddy got, then we'd be looking at the summer of Hunter Freeman next year. Yeah. I think yeah. that'd be fun. As you said, like how Cole had the, his nice little run. I think that's what's hopefully in store for Hunter. Cause he's absolutely been killing it in these death matches. Another thing you said, that bucket, I kind of wish they would have brought a Halloween bucket with all those goodies in. Oh, the McDonald's bucket. I mean, the McDonald's bucket. Because I always loved when yeah. Alex Zane, when he had his first quote-unquote death match against Jimmy Lloyd here at the UCC, uh-huh. Alex Zane came out and carried in his taco. He brought a, you know, at Taco Bell, you get the 12, the taco party pack or whatever. You get yeah. the 12 tacos in that little box. He came out carrying that little box, which was pretty cool because I think he just got followed by Taco Bell earlier that day on Twitter. But he was carrying the Taco Bell box, and then the match started. He opened it up, and it was full of thumbtacks and glass and stuff like that. I thought it would have been cool if uh, instead of just a regular old bucket, they would have used the Halloween bucket for as a prop. Uh, I think you said the winner, but just in case, Hunter Freeman does pick up the victory over Jimmy Lloyd with a quick surprise roll-up. Um, and I think that was just a nice little way to get some momentum behind him going into the NGI, and yeah. I'm all for it because this was a nice, fun matchup to kind of showcase what hopefully he's going to provide tournament. Our eighth matchup of the evening. This was a surprise matchup. I, I did not see this on the card, so actually when I <laughs> kind of heard the music and everything, I was like, what the hell is going on? When I heard eight man tag, I immediately jumped to SGC thinking uh, we're going to get the SGC. Yeah. Kind oh, of yeah. Match. Yeah. The, the, no SGC this card. This was another, like, that was a surprise thing, too. That. I didn't notice it either till the next night when I was watching it. I was like, wait a minute. We got no SGC this night. But uh, the eight man tag, uh, first team is the kind of the GCW. I think they called them like the GC team GCW, which was B Boy, Joey Janela, Kevin Blackwood, and Titus Alexander. Going against the team of Dom Kubrick, Rugs Bunny, Jordan doo, doo. Cruz, <laughs> and Rob, and Rob shit. shit. And I, I will let you uh, go over Drugs Bunny here because this was my first Drugs time seeing Bunny. him and I was lost and confused as shit. Yeah, that's my dude. That was the first time I've seen him. I literally paused the video and I was like, I've told my family, I'm like, you got to get down here and see this motherfucker. I never, <laughs> when I saw him pour powder on the corner ring pad and fucking sniffed it and then it fucking blew everywhere, I laughed so damn hard. I had to show everybody at that point. I've never seen a character like that. I think it's fantastic in the right setting, obviously. Uh, yeah, that's not happening in the WWE anytime soon. But <laughs> yeah, I had to get that out of the way because I've seen Rob shit. We've had our time with laughing about him, but good old Drugs Bunny has now taken the place, and I can't help but laugh every time I see or hear now that Drugs Bunny might be showing up somewhere that I'm I'm watching. <sighs> yeah, that was a character I didn't because <laughs> I, I didn't under I never heard of him or the Dom Kubrick. I I of course know Jordan Cruz and Rob shit, but those two competitors I. 
I didn't understand like what the whole character was with Drugs Bunny. I think I told you right before we started. It's like I think at the very end of the matchup, he was rolling around right in front of us, and I think I saw like on his tag the word. I think he had like a name tag that had the word drugs on it. I was like, oh my god, what is this character I'm watching here? This seems like a perfect Joey Janelle. Like I would not be surprised on the next JCW or Settlement Series show we see Drugs Bunny going against Joey Janela, calling it. As a perfect opponent for Joey. Well, yeah, and I've never complained when we've seen Rob shit. I won't complain if we see Bunny again. Again, I need to see more of Dom Kubrick. And Jordan Cruz looks fantastic, and I've seen him on the local scene also, and he he puts on a good show. I'm really surprised. Um, He hasn't been picked up by someone yet, but I'm 100% sure eventually he will get picked up by someone. I was really surprised that all men were really adhering to the tag rules. I mean, for quite a while in this match, probably about halfway through or so. Um, Bunny threw cocaine in Rob Shit's face. He slapped him on the ass, and Rob kind of, like, he's like, yeah, and then took a dive off the fucking ring. Is that like Ken Budding Budding in a Samoan wrestler? Like, you can't throw drugs into Rob Shit's face, you're just going to enjoy it? Well, that was the thing. He fucking threw it in his face and slapped him on the ass. Like, go get him, kid. <laughs> I love and that. And Rob spot. fucking revved up and just dove. Um, yeah, I. So I know that Blackwood likes a lot of like metal music and stuff. I was noticing that it says Blackwood on his trunks, and it's like a death metal, death metal Burzum style. If anybody knows who that is, it's like the style of Burzum font. Um, Joey drinking and throwing clotheslines was absolutely fantastic um two things i want to mention besides that was there was a four death death valley drivers given at one time towards the end of this match that was fantastic and then also um cruz did this fantastic tope onto all the men and he was caught and then blackwood went up onto the top rope and dove down or not dove down but came down with a foot stomp onto cruz which just looked fantastic and it was a different move. I've only seen it a couple times, and it's it's always nice to see something different. It was a fun match. 16 minutes long. Um, I enjoyed I, that little spot. <laughs> it's like another it's like another Janela match. It's like, I don't know who that guy was before I seen him. <laughs> now I know who he is, and I like him, and I hope to see him again one way, one day. And that's where I'm at. I think I would put my money on drugs happening. Oh, my gosh. Before the end of 2023, after seeing Um I like well, that spot as it... I, but sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just for fun, because I can. I really thought that there was a possibility that this was a joke on Dirty Run. I really did. Ah. I thought that this would have been a joke on Dirty Run. There's so much going on with him. He just got released from uh, from another uh, company, and he's done for now. So I thought possibility. That's what's going on here. That, that but I will fit. tell you, Dirty Run versus Drugs Bunny would have been a fantastic match. <laughs> you know, put Rob shit, Dirty Run, Drugs Bunny, Joey Janela. You know, two v two. Anyway, um, yeah, I honestly thought it might have been a joke initially, but then I found out that kind of is gimmick. Really, it's not everyone part. looked up yeah. on it. So okay, that's what I was kind of it's, wondering. It's too. Kind of a thing. What yeah, I saw, kind of a thing, or or at least he's done it once or twice, and that's what I've seen on it. So. Okay. Yeah, first time yeah, seeing him, uh, I was like, this has <laughs> got to be some sort of spoof. This can't be like his real thing. Like, maybe he's just a exactly. brand new wrestler and he doesn't like this is kind of like the gimmick that they're making him do. I don't know. I was like, I did not understand it at all. 
even though he was being because he was right in front of me pretty much all night too where his corner was um he was doing that shit on the outside too it was pretty funny he like he always was interacting with the crowd the entire match which was pretty fun pretty fun and entertaining to see um well, see, what's funny is he could turn that into candy and go to a kid's show and totally get over he could he could turn that into candy and he could go out there and be like munching on candy I have a bunch of candy. Then I have a bunch of children at the next birthday party we go to scissoring each other and sniffing white powdery snort, substance. Yeah, snorting pixie sticks. <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. 2023 yeah. birthday party is going to be lit for the kids now. <laughs> uh, that spot you said where they ca- caught Jordan Cruz. I really like <laughs> oh, yeah, that spot. Yeah, back to it. Back I liked it because like you, that was the time of the match where they all did like topes or high ro- moves yeah out yeah of the ring and i love that kind of spot. it was like right by my spot so i saw like every single one of them but i thought the same exact thing you said once they caught ted cruz or ted cruz sorry uh, <laughs> uh it's uh election, it's election day out here in uh right where we're recording so i apologize for that yeah when they caught jordan cruz and uh kevin blackwood did the stomp i thought that was a pretty cool looking move a pretty creative way to kind of yeah. Not just have everybody get their shit off, or everybody did, except Jordan Cruz. He just got caught. I thought that was a pretty cool way to end that kind of sequence of moves because it was pretty fun watching them all just dive out to the ring like that. I thought this was entertaining. It was ended up being way more entertaining than I thought it would because, like I said, this was not an mm-hmm. announced match. And when I hear Fatal or Four Way, eight, when I hear Eight Man Tag Match, I'm like right away went to SGC and I didn't see SGC at first. I saw these characters come out. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to get destroyed. But then when I saw Team GW come out, I was like, okay, so this is going to be an interesting kind of matchup. And I really, really liked how they put Titus Alexander on Team GCW for that. I really did like that. Kind of like a little yeah. promotion, little graduation, hopefully, because I think we've talked about it before. I like that. He's kind of, he's talented enough where he should be with GCW a lot more often. But um, I, I, was, I was actually surprised to see him on Team GCW instead of Rob. I thought Rob shit would have been on Joey Janelle. You know, that makes sense, too. Um, Titus Alexander and Deppin would make a good team together. Oh, yeah. That would be a good team. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I have to say, my friend. Uh, Drugs Bunny, baby. Toot toot. That was good watching uh, Drugs get all hopped up. Well, luckily, <laughs> he got hopped up before the match. So that way, when he took the chaos theory from Alexander and picked up or took the fall for his team, uh, it was pretty funny afterwards after team GCW won as bugs, Bu- or bugs, Bunny. God damn my name off today. Um, as uh drugs bunny was, uh, walking to the back, he was pretty funny spot where he was like trying to pass the drugs to everyone. And like, he tried giving it to Titus. And I think like Joey Janela, like pulled Titus away. He's like, you're too young for that. And then Joey's like, here, give me some though. And then B boy, the same way B boy's like, Hey, stop <laughs> trying to give uh, drugs out to everybody. And he snatched it out of his hand. And then like, he looked back at drugs and he's like, took a little sniff from the bag and then ran to the back. I, that was pretty funny how they ended that match. But Drugs Bunny ended up being kind of uh, the spotlight of this match for all his little antics before, during, and after the match. I thought he was a pretty funny character, better than what I thought it was going to be. And that will lead us to our main event of the evening. The GCW World Title is up for grabs as Nick Gage defends it against Leo Rush. And this is where I was thinking we would get the Vikingo. Maybe after Nick Gage beats Leo Rush, we get Vikingo. But um, I was probably the only person in the building <laughs> rooting for Leo Rush, too, which is pretty funny. Like, I'm like the lone Leo Rush fan out there. Like, when you're Nick fucking Gage, 
Theo Rush. Like, I was all by myself out there because <laughs> the LA crowd loves them some MDK. And yeah, this was fun match. It was, it went on way longer than I think it needed to be, but um, I am all for it. And I'll talk about it when we kind of cover the match uh, because I think a lot of positive was because this match was drawn out, we got to see, uh, I got to see a little bit more positive um, things that I did not expect to see. Okay, so for me on my end, before this thing even started, I put in my notes that I'm expecting better than the Moxley match. I'm hoping to see Gage bounce back from that last match. That's what I wrote. Of course, I'll just get it out of the way because I like to look at it here and uh, I like to cover it. Booze to Leo and everyone loves Gage. I knew that was coming. You mentioned it. I just had to say it. Nick had dark circles under his eyes. I know that this night was going to be painful. Every time you see the dark circles under the eyes, you know somebody is not in a good mood to deal with pain that night. And we knew that was coming, too. This is... I know I wasn't going to be a loser because I love both of these guys. You're the same way, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of MDK chance. We knew that was going to happen. And... About 10 minutes in, I realized how they adjusted the match style. Like, I liked how they did it. There were interesting, like, amounts of creativity injected so that Gage does not have to run around the whole match um, and, and, and wind himself. Like, just get winded and die out. If, if that was the case, he would have died out around mat, uh, minute 7, minute 8, maybe minute 11. But the way they stretch this out looked uh, fantastic. I would say that I feel like Janela maybe had his hands on it creativity wise because it has his it has his style on it in places. It's I don't have a better way to put it, but he has this creative mind and I'm looking at some of the things they're doing and I'm just like that screaming Joey. I don't know why, but and it also makes me wonder besides the person that they're working with here and maybe his boss, I wonder what kind of a team are working together to have Gage's last run look so good? That's one thing I was afraid of, too, going into this match, because I know Leo Rush is obviously super, super fast and has... I, the, if they would have done the match his way, it would have exposed Nick Gage like no other, I believe. So I'm kind of glad yes, the way yes. the match did. But I was also leading on the other side where... Hopefully it doesn't become a straight Nick Gage match because then now it's going to be nothing positive for Leo Rush going to lose the match and he's not going to be able to showcase what he's really all about and what we all kind of came to love about him, his speed, his athleticism and stuff where Nick Gage is going to drag this out and slow it down. So I was kind of very interested to see how this match would turn out. But as you said, I felt a lot of Joey Janela's handprints or Paul, I was saying Paul Prince that night all over this because <laughs> it had, as you said, it gave Leo his time to shine where and it gave kind of nick gage time to breathe so that way when it was nick yes. time to shine leo rush made him look fucking incredible but this was the point i wanted to make when i was i said i hold off on it nick gage looked fucking fantastic during this match i, te I texted you right away i think i even texted you before this match was even going on like as it was going on i said holy shit this is the nick gage we've been kind of asking for you were right moxie something was wrong during that moxie match where and you said, yeah, he had the wind knocked out of him. I I have totally changed my opinion on that because this was not the same Nick Gage we saw go against Moxley. Yes. Yeah. And I was so damn worried that that's what we were going to get here. And that's why I'm like, 
I watched a guy move. Okay, no kidding. That that Nick Gage match, the first one with Moxley. I mean, we're looking at like Ric Flair style fucking like slowness. It's just like a rock laying on the ground. I'm going, this ain't right. And then the next match was Leo Rush, and I'm thinking, okay, this motherfucker must have something to prove because he cannot go out on a match like that. There's just no way in hell. And before getting much further, I mean, Nick Gage fucking delivered. That's the one thing I wanted to say that was really enjoyable. Uh, there was a spot where Leo got knocked to the outside and you hear, fuck you, motherfucker. You're a fucking piece of shit. What the fuck? And, and you see Gage come over and Gage is like looking and listening and he sees this guy. Come on, motherfucker, you, shit, you piece of shit. And you can see Gage just kind of take his time listening as the great pumpkin talks shit to Leo. And it was fucking hilarious. You, you heard some of that, didn't you? Uh, uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> All I heard the last hour was fuck you. Fuck you. That's oh, all I heard those for guys. an hour. It was okay. him. Yeah. It was still him, but um <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> they they actually had to do like he went to go talk shit to Leo Rush during his entrance, and Brett saw him running towards her. It's like, no, dude, you go back. We'd already know what's what might happen. You go back to your seat, and you kind of see him kind of like dejected and put his head down as the pumpkin's walking back to his seat. Cause uh yeah, they had his eye on him that night, and Leo Rush is one of those ones that's kind of like the antithesis of what a lot of these GCW rest- or fans want to see wrestle. They want to see the Nick Gage, the blood, the violence, and Leo Rush ain't going to have it happen. And um, based kind of off of Leo Rush's past and stuff like that, a lot of fans use that against him to boo against him anyway, where he had, as I said, I think for the night, Nick Gage had the loudest entrance. Leo Rush was probably booed the most. Where Flip Gordon was probably booed the second most, and Willie Mack was probably the second biggest pop of the night. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, seeing him kind of, I was right next to you to my right, and I didn't see it at first, and I didn't catch it up at front, so I do want to go back and watch it. I could just imagine Nick Gage is like about to pick him up. He's like, oh yeah, no, fucking tear into him, give it to him, let him know what you think of him. I could see Nick Gage kind of doing yeah. that. I would, I want to go back and watch that part now because I did not catch that live. Well, there was something that went kind of crazy that's one of my favorite things to happen in wrestling. When there's a nice long match and there's a lot of attention, one of my favorite things that I pop for is when the referee gets fucking knocked out. I love that because every time out of my mouth, my wife can quote me when I say, it's a whole different match now. I love that. It, I love when the rules get knocked out from under in the middle of a match that has rules, especially an important one like this. Yeah, I and thought somebody was going to come and yeah. defeat Nick Gage. I thought somebody was going to kind of come screw it over. I think that would have been the way to kind of get it off Nick Gage while making him look strong. And that's what you were hoping for, too. Yeah, I was hoping um, for my king. <laughs> so, so at around the 22-minute mark, the referee gets knocked out. And eventually then a second one comes in. And Nick Gage ends up pinning Leo and um, goes for the three. One, two, and then Leo moves. And Nick Gage gets up and tells the ref that he fucking sucks and knocked him out at minute 24. And those last few minutes, because there was almost 29 minutes here, so the last few minutes of this was primarily a slugfest between these two. It was like they have fought for so long, you're looking at these two titans sit there and just go off and just just go off on each other. And they, yeah, there was just fantastic. I, uh... I smile thinking about it. I thought it was a great match. Um, who 
I okay, I didn't expect Leo Rush to be one of Nick Gage's um Nick one of Nick Gage's enemies or enemies, just one of his one of his people he has to go against here for lack of any fucking words right now. Who else is up do you think that they might bring in or have him up against? Because I really didn't expect Leo, dude. I mean that, we Yeah. Wow. I just I would say no just because of stylistically it's gonna it's gonna work out good for one bad for the other so um stylistically i was kind of shocked this match was ha- answered too because i know leo rush ain't gonna do no light tubes and stuff i've seen him get like crazy but not with like light tubes so i was kind of interested to see what would happen during this match um i mean the normal names that i always say is janella jordan well jordan's kind of off the losing streak now so i would kind of knock him down a little bit but mance i i when it's nick gage i go against like i go to the I know the extreme ultra violent people where if you said like, let's say Leo Rush was a champion, I'll give you five names that are not deathmatch wrestlers. So that kind of goes to our title scene that we kind of talked about where it kind of limits the wrestlers for the certain title. Stylistically, it kind of limits them for what belt they could kind of go for stuff because it doesn't make sense. I got it. I got it. Here we go. This might be the spoiler too. I think Gage loses his belt to Janela. I can take the heat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, I, that's why I'm kind of surprised that they didn't give the extreme titles when Joey Janela is now the extreme champ for two promotions. I thought that would have been kind of a good way to have Cole Radrick be the extreme champion in two promotions. And now Joey doesn't have that belt to kind of hold him back. Joey can now go against Nick Gage and not worry about defending the extreme championship. So I kind of in the same way. I think Joey Janela would be a perfect fit. It would be the very common name. Um, what I would really like to see is uh, Shane Mercer, just because of the role he's been kind of on lately. I would like to see him kind of, even if he doesn't win, just kind of get that rub of having a championship match, because I don't think he's ever had a championship match. And I know him and KTB, they used to be, I don't know if they were tag team champions, but at least they used to wrestle for the belts, where I think Mercer deserves a title shot sometime soon. Yeah, this was just fantastic. 30 minutes. I was curious about how they were going to approach this the same way you were. They approached it way better than I expected. Yeah, I think we need to bring on Janela eventually, and I think that's where Nick's going to lose his belt, but I don't know anything. Um, wow. I, I'm, still, I'm still stumped on where we go from here because, again, I, I'm just lost for words, and I don't know why, but I just, I just am. This was so different they even had nick sit down on a chair and almost relax while he does paper rock scissors yeah i was about to say like uh this nick gage though like as you said you don't know where to go from here i'm actually excited if we get this nick gage because when yeah. he won the belt and especially after that moxie match i was like oh my god I, this is going to be a bad run and i don't want it to see it a lot if it's going to look like this this the title defense i think this is the first title defense too he's had since that match too, where he it looked like I don't I'm not gonna say old school Nick Age. I didn't really watch old school Nick Age, um, but closer to what he was looking like near the, like the middle of like the RSP kind of run, he was going after the belt. He looks mobile. Like when Leo Rush did that dive to the outside, like that freaking kills these wrestlers. Like because he's coming in like a bullet just underneath that bottom. Oh, rope that was and, a fucking missile. Yeah, and I was standing right there and like. The way he bounced off Nick Gage and Nick Gage took it and then like stood up almost not almost immediately, but he took it good. And I was like, holy shit, this might be a good Nick Gage where he's fully healthy and we get to see 
what he looks like now getting in shape and all this stuff and this was i'm excited to see dick gage with this title right now if he could have matches or look like he did during this match because he looked fantastic i am I like I said, I was not looking forward to this title run after that last match. After this match, I am really looking forward to it and all these different matchups he seems like he could have now and still print like he put out a 30 minute entertaining match with Leo Rush. Like it wasn't the best match, it wasn't high fl- flippy shit, it wasn't the death match stuff, it wasn't good in ring. It was just a lot of chaos, and I think that's going to help Nick Gage with that chaos to, as you said, sit on a chair, take a couple minute break, catch your breath, catch your wind, but. I wanted to bring up that rock, paper, scissors spot because that was fucking hilarious. He's like, all right, Leo Rush, like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And he tied. And then, like, <laughs> Nick Gage is like, he loses the rock, paper, scissors match. He's like, oh, fuck this shit. And was like, I love that spot. I was dying. And, like, Leo Rush's face is like, no, you can't cheat. And then, like, he sees Nick get, ma- Nick get mad. He's like, oh, shit. Like, I, I awoke in the giant. And then Nick Gage just totally beats the shit out of him. I love the rock, paper, scissors spot. And like I said, I think where I my light bulb kind of went off was like, this is a different Nick Gage is that dive that he he took that dive from Leo just fine. He bounced right up. He was on his feet a lot during this match. Unlike what we saw during Moxley, this was a different Gage. And I am so, so happy to see this kind of Nick Gage, especially if he's going to be defending this title belt. Like as often as he says, it's going to be more than Moxley by the already by the sounds of it. And if he looks this good, I'm all for this title run lasting until Nick can't go no more. I love it. Right after this match, I am all for this run. Okay, so I didn't expect to see somebody like Leo going against Gage at all after seeing this win. I'm like, no, that ain't going to happen. So having this match with Leo being so successful, this opens up a whole the potential opponents that we didn't even expect before now we may see a speedball match now we may see mercer would be interesting um i'm trying to think of some other ones but i probably wouldn't have had him go up against nick gage you don't see nick gage taking the insult and battery from (laughs) no no not anytime (laughs) soon no no um unfortunately yeah he his soul would leave his body and that's not what we're trying to do well Um, Call back yeah, to one of but, your boys, okay. Cole Radrick. I mean, he's got the next title shot now after this match. He's wrestling against Nick Gage for a title shot, and that's a matchup that has a lot of history, which makes me love it. And going back to Joey Janela losing the extreme title belts, maybe that's why they had Cole lose it. Maybe they are going to put the rocket on Cole right now and kind of see what happens. I doubt it, but it'd be it's a fun, interesting thing to think about because they have history, and... Cole's been one of the hottest wrestlers this year. I know he's one of your favorites and one of my favorites too. I think it'd be a very, I'm very actually looking forward to that matchup now just to kind of see what does happen from that. Okay. So I thought about some people that would be decent matchups for Gage. Um, Cardona, Janela, Deppen, Two Cold Scorpio. Those are four that I thought would at least be able to be in the realm of putting on a good match, irregardless of the situation. Um, Two Cold Scorpio is more in the wheelhouse of uh, Gage's age, and he also knows how to carry a match. They also know how to slow it down so they don't have to be winded also. So they're both... um, they're both well-versed in having an old-school match where somebody who's in their 40s may need to take a breath. And uh, I think that would be a good one. Deppen, 
Same thing. I picked him because I think Gage has a technical side that Deppen would bring out. And if this is his last run, I think that Gage also needs to go out there and prove one last time that he also just isn't a guy with a pizza cutter. He's a guy with a fantastic suplex or he's a guy with a fantastic leg lock that would solidify him as a wrestler and do much more for him in his career at the end than would be a 15 minute match where there's light tubes. And see, I, I kind of just, I did a, I produced the whole match in my head just now. Cause I just went back to like a whole a old Tony Deppin match. I forgot who he was going against where it was like, with, Someone that normally gets violent, Tony Deppin's like, we ain't doing that shit. I think it was Alex Cologne. Like, Alex Cologne tried to, like, rolling shit into the ring, and Tony Deppin's throwing it out of the ring. Um, a chair in or some shit, and then he threw the chair back. And then, oh, and then the no. fan, didn't the fan, like, try throwing her back into and Tony Deppin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that what you just said on, like, four different points there is spot on. Where this match against Leo Rush opens up future opponents to where it was kind of very narrow of what we thought would be a good Nick Gage match. Now this I, opens up that that lineup is wide open. I think as that was a great point by you because you could have a thirty minute match with Leo Rush and have it be pretty entertaining. Not the greatest, like I said, of everything, just chaotic and entertaining. Where like that shows like he if he can do that with Leo, he could pretty much do shorter with someone else not as good as Leo. Even um, I I think he would be great with Tony Deppin too because. I could just see them kind of like Nick Gage, like, okay, fine. I don't need any of this shit. I'll, I'll do your kind of style match. And then he holds his own for a little bit with Tony. Then you can see Tony kind of starting to get the head up. And then Nick Gage like, all right, just like during this rock, paper, scissors, like, all right, fuck this shit. I'm going to light tubes. And then just have his way with Tony Depper for like two minutes is all you need. And like the fans would love it. Cause he's everyone's lovable asshole that we all hate against Nick Gage. He's absolutely going to get the hate on that match. So oh, yeah, I think oh, that'd yeah. be a good storytelling match. I think that'd be a great matchup as well, but I, I, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot more possibilities out there now that I want to see Nick Gage than I did prior to this match. This match creates a blueprint for further matches that I think will be a successful, it'll be a successful way forward for Gage's uh, styles and limitations. Yeah. And I'm trying to even think about like how long that uh, Moxley match that he had, um, how long that was, but there's no way it could have been 20 minutes like how this one was because I just don't see, that's uh, 21 minutes. So this one went seven minutes longer than that one, but but he Nick was fantastic. on his back like yes. a turtle for seven or eight minutes in that in that previous one. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping this is the sign of the Nick Gage we get, and that wasn't just a one kind of one off to kind of come back and show like, hey, that wasn't me, this is me, but then kind of fall back to it. I kind of hope he stays with this, stays in the gym, keeps himself healthy enough to put on these kind of performances because I did not want to see him win the GCW title if he was going to look like that. But if he's going to look like this, I'm all for to seeing him defend it as much as possible because this I this is the Nick Gage that gets me excited to watch Nick Gage. And he's been working out a lot. So what we haven't seen yet is how much he can press. We have not seen how much he can press yet. He might be able to put up 300, 350 pounds into the air and do a, you know, some type of a slam. We don't know yet. But anybody who's working out that long in the gym, they're going to see gains fairly quickly. And if he keeps up, there's a good chance he might be able to do a couple slams that we don't expect to see coming. Yeah, I was. I'm not. I don't know. We don't know his limitations just yet. I also would like to see him pick up. I mean, I need to do some things myself, but I saw some benefits in picking up yoga. I see that he's obviously stiff, and I know a lot of that he probably can't help. But 
some types of yoga and some types of stretching may help him out too. And that may help his longevity over time. Cause I know for sure he's working on weights. I don't know anything else, but what I see in pictures, but even myself, I'm pretty damn, like I did a lot of stretching and it's, it's prevented a couple injuries for me. So I only say that cause I'd care enough to hope that he never gets any injuries more than what he's already gotten. Yeah. Cause we, as we see, or I don't know if you heard like with Alex Cologne, like he, Pretty much said next year is going to be his last kind of year going as much as possible. All these years have kind of took a beating on his body. But like, I know I think he said he wrestled for 16 years, but he's done the death matches for seven years. I, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was just longer, but that's like, as they talk about like Nick Mondo, he was, his body could only handle four years of this death match. And then you got Nick Gage out here for doing it for however he long he's been out. doing it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited to see where this run goes. I cannot wait. Um, I like how, like I said, Jordan, he's kind of taught Jordan some new moves where Jordan's using the boot scrape that Nick Gage does, and he's doing other moves. I just can't wait to see the day Nick Gage does a clout. Oh. <laughs> I'll pop on that one. That'll be his stick. Yeah, maybe there's a yeah, maybe there's a <laughs> six-man tag at some point. We'll see. Uh, we'll see him up with the pillars popping off the top rope with the clutter. But no, no, that ain't... I don't know. I saw you light up. What the fuck are you going to say about that? Was it good? <laughs> I just thought of a new matchup I want to see now. Nick Gage okay. going against early morning guy Steel. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you know, that seems like another one that has a style to him that could probably stretch out a decent match without having to go flippy floppy every 10 seconds. I just want to see early morning try to attempt. Mm. <laughs> no, Whoever I that is, is fantastic underneath that mask. That is another uh, hard work, unsolved mystery we're going to have. But going back to this match, I don't think we said the winner, but as you could guess by now, <laughs> Nick Gage does pick up the victory over Leo Rush as he gets him. Um, I'm glad Leo kind of got this kind of match. I was excited, even though I thought there was no shot he would win. Um, but I'm a giant Leo Rush fan, so the possibility him getting the title match was just super exciting anyway. But the way this match played out because of Nick Gage and how healthy he looked in the ring and was moving. I think brought my excitement for this match way up seeing, like I said, I saw it in person, like him take that dive from Leo. And like, I just know, like I've seen people like get murdered with that thing and Nick got nailed with it. Well, got right back up. Yeah. I was like, this is a Nick age. And I am so excited to see what happens during this Nick age, uh, GCW world title run, because I, it feels good. It feels good to see. It feels good to talk about GCW world title matches in general, because we went for a long time and we go through long periods of time of not having one, not talking about it. It feels very nice to be able to talk about it, and hopefully we can talk about it again in the near future with another great, good-looking Nick Gage in the ring, looking healthy, and looking like the old MK that we know he is. Okay, so something I was thinking about was that I was wondering if we have the extreme title and the hardcore title so that one can stay in function as it is, and one goes outside the company and runs around for, you know, promotional purposes. Here goes uh, Joey. He goes out with the extreme and the DDT. He goes to DDT with it. Makes GCW look good because he's carrying their title. He makes them look good also because he's out there as a flag bearer. And um, we're still able to have a title death match back at home because we still have that death match title. So you have the extreme and the death match. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, but... Maybe for utility purposes, one's always traveling internationally or with other shows, and this one stays at home and has primarily the same function. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I kind of, 
I I don't know. We've I've like I said we've talked about the extreme, ultra violent, the titles. Um, it just feels nice though that we're able to talk about title matches. Like that's not just always the extreme. The extreme, like with Rena not being here, we need to see more extreme title matches. We need to see more GCW tag mod, tag team title matches, or for the world title, we need to see. If one's gone, we need to see the others pick it up the slack. And I, I kind of like where we're going from here, where now we're kind of quite often seeing the tag teams almost every show being defended, where I would like to kind of... I wouldn't mind seeing Los Macisos in a non-tag title match go against a the Briscoes or something in a just a spotlight kind of showcase match. So, um, yeah, we didn't even bring up Ciclope versus Nick Cage. I, I just thought about that after the match I saw last night with NGI2, like, again, like... Mm-hmm. I want to see Nick Gage run it back with C. Clope because that that match was fucking insane. So did we announce the winner? Yeah, I said it uh, the last. (laughs) Okay, so this has to be totally your main event. You had to have been on cloud nine for this thing, right? Uh, Yes and no. I I was more like really what I was really more happy. This is the honest God truth is Nick Gage looks fucking good. Like I I texted you right away. I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, this is what I want to see from Nick Gage. I'm, I'm all for it. If I don't see it for another two, three weeks, I'm fine. Heal up your body. Come out, give me another performance like that, and I'll be just fine. Or during those two, three performances, come out, get your entrance, hype up, a, call out somebody, get a segment, and then now we got, like, I really wish like they announced Cole. Instead of them just announcing it, I would really like to see if Cole was there. Like, Cole come out, and they do, like, a back-and-forth segment. Or, like, on the next show, you don't have to announce in four shows what's going to happen have nick gage come out say hey i beat leo rush and then cole come out and now we have a promo doesn't have to have a match but we get to see nick gage it's future storytelling for a future match and then gives nick gage time to heal up for that match so um i would like to see some more of that kind of happen in the near future but this card was fun i i enjoyed my time not a single bad match so i'm gonna touch on this only because we talked about it a little the last episode I noticed a couple times where I saw Brett coming out and telling people to get back. I actually saw that twice where he was either, it might've been even the great pumpkin. I called him the great pumpkin, but (laughs) I saw him twice come out for some type of fan interaction where he was having to correct them like children. Yeah. Um, There was like the guy, the macho man guy too. Really? But that was what I didn't understand. That shit's got to get sorted out. And luckily, just because i mean it really was a thing for you yeah but also in this in this setting you said he did a brett did a pretty damn good job making sure that things got right back where they should be on track because we're seeing from other independent shows in la if you don't keep these people in order these people the fans if you don't keep the fans in order they will become the show there is I don't know why, but there is this level of douchebaggery that's in that area, unfortunately, that I don't know why, but there seems to be like the douchebag level is high enough where you'll get one or two at a show that just makes it no reason for it whatsoever. This is a full grown man in his 30s, and he's like, I need to be seen. No, you don't, dude. Go back to your seat. Go back to your seat. No one wants to see anybody drink out of your fucking jug. No <laughs> one wants to see you in your fucking outfit that night. Just sit down, have a good time. Don't run out in front of a bunch of other people because you think you're special. Sit the fuck down. You paid for your ticket. Because I mean, seriously, someone has to say this. I'm old enough. I have common sense. 
sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, enjoy your fucking self. Stand up when you need to, cheer when you need to, fucking scream when you need to. But don't run around the place, crowd fucking people. Get in the fucking wrestler's face. There's no reason for that shit. I mean, come on. It's it's hokey. Again, you're a full-grown man in your 30s. You don't need to be doing that to people. You know, find a girlfriend, bring her to the show, act like a man, have a good time. The rest of us are doing it, right? You, me, I mean, you know, enjoy yourself, but don't act like a fucking idiot. You grow out of that at 18. That's, I mean, that's my hint. Yeah, and uh, yes, big shout out to Brett for doing that. Because like I said, I, I know we talked yeah. about this last one. I did feel way more comfortable. It was way more enjoyable. And I still got the LA crowd. Like the LA crowd is fantastic, but it's just when it's just when they get too drunk. Like that's what everybody like. Everybody's all. Well, we fine. don't want to say we we do want to see. I'm 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 guilty of this. I only cut you off because be I wanted to say it before. When we say they, we're just talking about the couple people that are idiots because there's a lot of nice ass people. Yes. And I just noticed that on the West Coast, when I watch indie shows from home, I'm seeing that the West Coast that are the people that are a little too aggressive or th- like I saw a guy get a chair thrown at him one show and I've seen people try to come over the rail. I've seen other people throw shit. Um, this is why families don't come out to these shows. And this is why our crowd is full of guys who are like me with a beard, balding and a black t-shirt on. We, we've <laughs> we've got to I understand GCW is part of that, but also if you go to the East coast, it's a different kind of rowdy. And honestly, it's a lot more fun. They're all a little more, even the assholes are somewhat civilized over there to a degree. Um, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that some of that has been changed because honestly, things like that are what take, like I, I, last time I'll say it, it, people like me who pay for five fucking front row seats and I'm like, ooh, should I go? Should I go? I don't want my wife to have to sit there and figure out if she can see because a bunch of general admission people want to get up front because... You know, that's what the guy in the bandana does is he have to push to the front or that's what this guy does. And he has like we have the same batch of people that have to be the same batch of of kinds of people. So I hope that gets figured out at some point because it's kind of corny. Yeah, man. Some of these people are halfway to 50, halfway to 60. And they're like, I got to do this. Grow up. And I, I'm like, I know, I, sorry, but no, you are what you said. They were spot on. You said there's just like, Dude, I've when you go met more public, nice people than I've had yeah, mean people there. That's for yeah. sure. The assholes are the ones that don't understand that when we all go out in public, we kind of all adhere and agree to these invisible rules. And part of the rules are you don't get into anybody else's shit. And if you're nice to everyone, great. And if you're an asshole to everyone, you're going to get shunned for that shit. Like there really does need to be a point where, and I think this is happening where these crowds, they're starting to go, okay, here comes, you know, whatever guy we know he's going to be like this. Can we watch him? And here comes this guy. I don't know if we need more local talent on it, but it's really nice to see. I mean, it's nice, but it's bad that the owner himself has to come down and go, look, go sit down like a child. He has to go babysit full grown man. I mean, we're talking people that fucking drove to the show. They have licenses. They can't handle sitting there. It's incredible sometimes. And again, they being maybe two or three people, definitely not an entire, but yeah, I, uh, wow. So I'm, it's nice to see that things are slowly getting in somewhat of a, a civilized fashion because every now and then you get a couple people that they forget their age and they, for, they forget that other people exist. Yeah, and that's like my thing. That's why we, me and my wife, whenever we go, like we try to get front row, so that way 
we, we hope that we're protected. And like this one, I saw like, yeah, like I general mission people pushing their way up and like this one, he helps them out all the time. Like, uh, like it does the tickets and stuff like that. He, uh, was seen like, Hey, back up. And like, they're like, we paid for this season. Like, well, so did he, but he paid double the price that you did. And you should not be standing in front of him. Cause he paid for that seat. Yeah. You paid for general mission, get back there. And I love being, I love the proactiveness instead of the reactiveness. Cause for the most part, you tell somebody to go like, Oh, like if I go see like a concert and the singers tell me like to back up, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to back up. I'm not going to sit there and argue with them and try to like, oh, I paid for this, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm here to see you. If you're telling me to do something, I'm going to, listen to you so that way i could see you again yeah. and see you more and like i respect you for that and i saw brett do like do it to a couple different people there was like two times where i saw where like i didn't understand why he set those people out because it looked like they were being fine for the majority of the night and i don't know what they did for that time but they came out like you saw him and kind of like just say like hey like don't run up to the ring while the match is going on. Like afterwards, like after the speedball Willie Mac match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please run to the crowd and make it look like a great visual. Hit the crowd. The match is over. You're not ruining anything. But when you go up as a referee gets knocked down to the ground and like you have to get up out of your chair and walk across like seven different people to stand in front of those people now that paid for those seats to wave your hat at the referee and try to be like, haha, funny yeah. gimmicky. As you've been all night, the wrestlers gave you plenty of attention. They like you were fun part of the night, but and that spot would have been funny too but when they tell you to go back like just listen to them don't sit there and argue and it just i think it just by the that night the alcohol's getting in and everything else so i i did feel way more comfortable and i do want like i do want to give a shout out to brett for being proactive with that kind of stuff even though like i said i didn't agree with like two of them but maybe i missed something there was a reason but i i'd rather that happen than don't do anything. And then you have, like, as you said, some of these other promotions, we've seen these like fans get throwing chairs and light tubes and like, like, no, like you're a fan. You're not part of the show. Yeah. Like calm down. Like we all paid our money. Like, that's my thing. Like we all paid our fucking money. Like sit down and enjoy the show. I'll sit down and enjoy the show. Just like how we both paid for it. That, that you have to, you're more important than me as a, like, and I'm not more important than anyone in GA. Like if I'm standing out and blocking GA's view, then I'm an idiot standing up all night. Like, I, I, I don't know. It just it goes both ways where if all the fans work together, make sure it's all enjoyable. You're going to have a fun night. Like the group around us this night, fun, enjoyable. We all got our shit knocked all over the place. Drinks filled, purses, uh, backpacks flown across, hats getting flipped off by Flip Gordon. Quite funny, actually. Um, <laughs> and all the chairs go flying around with all these dives outside. And then, hey, oh, shit, we're clear. Okay, here's your chair. Here's your chair. You good? You got your stuff? Like, boom. We all enjoy it. We're all laughing, giggling, high-fiving each other, having fun. Like, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be, no, like, I'm standing here. I paid for this. I get to block everyone else's. Like, that's not what I'm for, and I'm very glad that Brett and the crew, I don't want to just keep saying Brett, even though it is his show and he's in charge. I do see a lot of the crew members um, at majority of these shows anyway. I very much appreciate and enjoyed a proactive response to everything instead of reacting when it's kind of too late and out of hand i just wanted to say that if you make yourself part of the show like that you look fucking corny yeah you do you look like a fucking moron to everybody that's watching the show and let me just tell you wrestling fans we're all fucking nerds guess what the <laughs> nerds think you're fucking corny <laughs> seriously you go to a show full of fucking wrestling nerds and the nerds go look at that stupid motherfucker with his hat <laughs> just trying to get on camera because this gives him some feeling inside he's 30 some years old with no date at the wrestling show dressed up like whomever on halloween having a good time 
but then has to get up from his seat to do that. It's like, dude, you look like a fucking moron. Hit me up on Twitter, John J. Wolf. <laughs> and it, I mean, I guess it, I know it is a fine line, too, because like I said, like Brett wants the visual of, like, say, that Cardona and Nick Gage. He wants that visual, but he also wants it in a safe, not out of out of this out of the ordinary craziness. Um, well, yeah, he doesn't want big fat man titties fucking busting <laughs> out why somebody he paid a couple thousand dollars for to show up to a show to be fucking wheeled around the ring by his wife. Like that, that shit's stupid. Yeah. And it looks bad. And it's an embarrassment. That fucking photo of dipshit getting fucking uh, like showing himself all over the internet looks, makes us all look fucking stupid. He's a fan just like us. Once again, to nerds like us, you look fucking corny. And that's why I love just the GCW in general. Overall, every every show I've been to has been pretty good. There's been like maybe two just like, of course, I'm right by this asshole who thinks he's important to the show and not caring that we've been standing here for two hours before you even showed up, but then you were seven feet tall and you stand in front of us. We've had people like just accidentally bump their way in like, like, hear us make a comment say oh like i can't see nothing and then they turn around oh oh sorry like here can you see now like when we all work together like luckily like i said this one i was surrounded by awesome fans and that's how it should be in almost every other gcw show i go to it's always like that like out in vegas i I, i'm not saying like we're any better sometimes but like i just have gotten lucky where the three shows i've been to vegas have been a pretty enjoyable thing with the same energy level as the la shows and like I said, it just depends. Most of the time, it's good. Just the two or three times it's happened, it's so, and it's always the same people. So we just kind of, kind of hope we don't sit by those people, or uh, we could have a little bit. Everybody enjoys the show instead of just the normal two or three that think they are a part of the show. And that will bring us to our memorable moments of the night. And John, you want to go first? Let's do this. Okay, my first memorable moment was Juicy putting himself out there like he did. I was really surprised just to what extent he was willing to go, especially for his size. Starboy, I want to give him kudos for having the guts to take on this opponent. It's got to be a lot on the body to just be taking those kind of impacts. There was great storytelling in ring, and I'm really happy I witnessed that match because I would have... I'm not saying slept on it, but I just would have discounted it as not a three-force star match. And it really was a great match. Matches number two, three, four, and five being quality wrestling matches. I was really happy to see that, again, that lump that you know that if you just grab a drink and settle in, you're going to see a good wrestling show. I like that. I was happy to see Taya Valkyrie. Um, Hunter being put through the Lloyd test of GCW uh, death matches, and I think he passed. Drugs Bunny making me smile um, <laughs> and laugh a little bit because that is fucking funny. And lastly, I just had that curiosity of Nick's first title defense and how to look in ring. And I am so happy that it went so well. That's my batch of memorable moments this week. This episode. Fuck, I can't talk. Ah. <laughs> God, I can't talk. Well, after this, we will be all caught up. So hopefully. It is. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm not used to being caught up. I know. It's going to feel nice. <laughs> Save my voice. Uh, my memorable moments, yeah, the starting off with the steel cage match, that uh, was a very, very pleasant surprise. Like you said, I wasn't down on the match, but I it delivered way more than I thought it would have, and it was fantastic. I do see props because 
that was one of the best I've seen of Juicy, and he absolutely killed that match. And um, even in defeat, I think he ended up being the kind of the winner of the night for that match in my eyes. Um, Jordan against Yamato. Nice seeing Jordan kind of have a little test here for Dragon Gate, maybe, and seeing Yamato again. At least I got to see Yamato be in live and in person. Since if he does go back, uh, back to Japan, I can say at least I got to see him, and especially against Jordan, which is very on top. Uh, Blake versus Chris or Blake Christian versus Flip. Decent match. I wouldn't mind seeing them go at it again in the future. Wouldn't mind seeing Flip, but uh, hopefully something happens with the. <laughs> With whatever's going on where he's getting booed so much and he could uh, keep his mouth quiet on certain stuff, that seems trouble. The GCW Tag Team titles, I'm super excited to see Los Macisos live and in person. I wish it was a little bit longer match, but um, I'm very happy. Once again, I get to say, at least I got to see him. That's like I got to see Yamato. Uh, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Willie Mack, match of the night. One of the best matches and energies to the crowd I've seen in the UCC Center. So. Um, Shout out to both of them. Big shout out to Willie Mack. I'm glad we'll, we already are going to see him again in a GW ring in the near future. So hopefully that will turn into more regular bookings for him. Uh, Alley Catch Taya was, as you said, nice seeing Taya. I kind of don't like the, I very don't like the ending, but I kind of interested to see what turns out with this and if, uh, how much Charles Mason is involved. And we always say storytelling, at least we kind of got a story told uh, during this match. Hunter Freeman's kind of a warm-up to NGI. I like to see him get that momentum. And like seeing Jimmy Lloyd being nice and healthy, it looks like um, moving around pretty good and putting on a fun little death match here. So glad to see Jimmy Lloyd back doing what he does best. Uh, the eight-man tag match, it was all right. Yeah, Drugs Bunny, I guess, kind of stole the show for that one <laughs> with his uh, white powder Sorry. <laughs> Cocaine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and the world title match i was super excited to see leo but i think actually what even i was more excited for was to see a healthy nick gage and i am very excited to see what his title run will will look like this time around hopefully we get to see this kind of nick gage and the way he moves and the energy that he had and um he looked like normal nick gage so hopefully we can see this in the gcw title run uh, you want to tell them about some coming up events since we're all caught up? Maybe they can start watching some of these shows with us and reviewing, or as we review them. But not these next couple ones, but for the future ones. Kids, do you like violence? Okay, oh, so we've got some upcoming. <laughs> Hi, uh, yeah. So we <laughs> threw me off. Yeah, so we have some upcoming shows here. These are all going to be on Fight TV. If you have the four ninety nine a month uh, Fight Plus, this is going to be what's available to you um, starting. If you're listening to this today, I'm assuming November 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, NGI 4. November 10th, NGI 5, same time, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. November 11th, NGI 6, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Now, November 12th, we have three huge shows. The one that's of utmost importance to us GCW fans would be NGI 7. That's coming from Summit Park in Summit, Illinois. This is going to be a 7, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern show, 4 p.m. Pacific. This is going to be a dynamite event. I want you to know, though, later on that night, there's two shows. Hopefully, if I can get all three in, I'm going to watch them. But starting at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, there will be... Oh, let me, forgive me, back up. This is going to be the BLT Slamilton show. 
Show number one will be at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Show two will be the 8.30 Eastern, 5 th- uh, 5.30 Pacific show. Lastly, same day, November 12th. This is a very busy day. Wrestling Revolver, smoke them if you got them. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. If you have $5 somewhere that you can get together, you can get all of that and you have all of that to watch. And your next four days on average will have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times three hours each is about 21 hours of wrestling in the next four days for $5. So if you're a wrestling fan, if you're listening to this, you're a wrestling fan, but I mean, if you haven't yet, please, please, please get on there for $4.99. You're not only helping out GCW, it's way cheaper than what we used to pay for all these shows and um god this is fantastic number four number five number six number seven bam 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 wow yeah because uh, i highly suggest ngi2 i was watching that again last night like i only got like three matches in and i was like like that was incredible like i looked out like looked at the time left and i was like oh my god there's still two hours of show left because it was that was one of the my favorite tournaments as well as that tos 666 um but for that fight TV plus, definitely check out if you check out hit him up. Definitely go out of your way check out Speedball and uh, Mike Bailey going against Willie Mack because that was I think the match of the night. The energy, the crowd. Um, if you have that violent itch going on, definitely check out NGI two to help prepare you for NGI seven um, coming up on Saturday. On behalf of myself. <laughs> And, and Mr. John J. Wolf, you don't know the script by now? You don't have the script that yet? That script, man. No, <laughs> no, I know the script. I just that like scripts. fucking you up. No, I don't. No, you I don't, don't do watch scripts. the next. I don't know what scripts no. is a new character <laughs> coming out. Oh shit! I thought you were talking about the fact that they can't do shit without it written down. Oh, that too, right? <laughs> yeah. See, now NXT is gonna hate me. Let's get out of here before we get any more. Uh, emails coming oh it's not we it's 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 all me don't worry (laughs) i stand up for myself too it's all good yes it's all fun it's all positivity fuck yeah just don't be corny yes (laughs) nobody wants to drink out of your fucking jug no (laughs) one wants to see your fucking man boobs we will either (laughs) yeah i don't know where to go i like how you just went right i don't know where to go through after uh oh it's hilarious after the moves i don't know what to do there is no bouncing back from the moves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Send him out of here with a long live, live GCW. G-C-W.